Right to Bryden is recorded live in front of a YouTube audience. Capital wins. Flawless victory. Spooky and I really should be the first people you, you turn to. Anytime there's a big event, you turn to us first, we'll, we'll sort you out. We'll tell you exactly what to think. Don't, don't go out there and think anything on your own. That would be dangerous. President has a new Supreme Court justice this morning. Brett Kavanaugh was sworn in overnight, ending an epic and bitter battle. Right now, the Los Angeles Department of Public Health is investigating an outbreak. Please join. Type it. Nineteenth Amendment repeal. You're listening to America's journalists. There we go. Uh, but yeah, I'm already starting out with some uh, great uh, audio issues. I should have known that. There we go. All right. Um, yeah, welcome, welcome to another exciting episode of Right to Brighton here, live from the OIWD studios. Uh, I'm your emotionally stable uh, host, Brighton, and Spicky is still in Vegas. Uh, God, hope he's still alive, but, you know, who knows? Who knows? You might have seen the stream last night when he was wandering around drunk. But filling in for him, I'm happy uh, to have him here, the host of America First with Nicholas J. Fuentes. It's uh, Nicholas J. Fuentes. What's up, bud? Oh, just another day, another day. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Something big happened um, uh, over the weekend, though. Uh, uh, what was yeah. that? What, what, what was that? What, what was going on over the weekend? Uh, the, I know there was the MMA fight. Muslims acting Muslimy. Yeah. Um. Oh, oh yeah, we outlawed women. That was nice. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you gotta. Can you turn your mic up a little bit? it's already up let me just put it closer to my face is that better uh, a little bit <laughs> what if i just yell um uh, you know what here let me do this let me do this for you this is uh this will help let me switch over to my right now i'm on my uh my gaming headset mic let me switch over to my yeti mic. ah so you came prepared then huh You're taking it real seriously over here appreciate it Test, test. Are we good now? Uh, it still needs turned up. And it's not, desktop audio is turned all the way up on my end. <laughs> okay, test, test. How about now? Um, no. Test, test. Um, the gain is all the way up now. <laughs> yeah, they, they still can't hear you. This is nice. We're, uh... Dude, it's clearly on. My mic is all the way up. I know. I've got it all the way up over here as well. This is interesting. Let me try this. No? God damn it. This is terrible. You know, I normally don't have as bad of uh, issues with this. It's because of me. It's I, th I think it is. Here it is. Hold on. Now say something. I'll bet this was that was on my end. Test, test. Okay, yeah. No, there it is. Okay. We're off to a, we're off to a great start. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck, man. Well, yeah, so, I mean, that, that was pretty good. Uh, they... 
they freaked out uh, a little bit more than I thought they would. But that is something we're going to get into a whole big part of it. Um, you know, the, the, the Kavanaugh stuff. And it's not over with that either. Uh, not, not by a long shot. Um, we're going to get into the MMA thing. But m- most importantly, Nicholas, how are you? How's, how's America First been doing here, bud? Well, uh, I'm doing well. America First has been uh, going strong. We're entering. How long has it been? Honestly, it's been now a little bit over a year since I've been doing it independently. So about a year and a half altogether. And uh, show's going well. You know, I'm having the time of my life. Honestly, at this point, I've entered into my end game, basically. You may have seen I got kicked off of, um, I didn't get kicked off, but Streamlabs shut down my credit card donations because uh, Stripe is their payment processor. So Stripe, like, pressured them to shut it down or whatever. And uh, so now, after that happened, I said to myself, like, you know, basically it's only a matter of time now. And it always was, but now kind of more so. It's now only a matter of time before Nick gets completely deplatformed and so I'm just preparing to go off into the woods. <laughs> the the uh, the true and prim way. That's that's fucked. When did Stripe shut your shit down? Uh just it was actually last month. It was actually the beginning of September. And I didn't even notice it happened until like three weeks in and then I, I emailed them and I was like, What's what's going on, big guy? And they were like, uh, yeah, we actually can't tell you but the the payment processor shut you down. And I was like, oh, well, you know, you know who that is. So, <laughs> Good Lord, dude. Uh, Stripe is pretty infamous for that, though. They've been doing that to pretty much everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not even like some of these websites are decent in terms of you basically you learn the rules. You play by the rules. You don't really have a big problem. There are some that are still like that. But Stripe is just like ruthless they went after who was the latest one they went after gab and they they took out maker support and so they're i think one of the worst out of all of them hmm uh i'm, I'm mad at this again hold on let me see if that fit uh, i i i really do blame you nick i mean you're you're pretty <laughs> bad at having just fucking terrible audio issues and it's just nothing but an issue from the moment you join the the google hangouts call boomer tech that's fucking so, amazing. It's contagious. Oh, man. Okay, now that... No, th- these people are also... This is why I mute... This is why I don't look at the chat, guys. It's because some people are saying it's fine. Some people are saying that it's not fine. Um, and that means nothing to, you know, most of the people that listen to it, you know, on their, on their car ride to or from work because everybody who listens to this show has a job. Um, you know, when you, you're going to have to get a fucking job, Nick. What, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I'm not prepared for that. I've been living the neat life for a long time, and uh, I've got a few options, uh, you know, that I've been planning on. Thinking about doing a trade, maybe, but uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to it because now I get to just fuck around and I make money, and it's epic. But pretty soon, I'm gonna have to, you know, break my back, you- work my fingers to the bone. Well, what is? I mean, what can your resume even? say you know you can't you can't put on a resume it's like <laughs> podcast yeah. you know racist podcaster you know Re- uh, references <laughs> is fucking splc uh they're they're listening <laughs> put my profile from canary mission on there uh, oh man yeah a racist anti-semitic bigot you know that'll be my uh my resume <laughs> <laughs> uh, you fit in perfect at like amazon customer support then yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Perfect. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. 
Maybe I'll build cabinets. I've been really thinking about building cabinets. Building cabinets? Or being carpenter. You know, like Jesus was. Yeah, okay. But uh I don't then I, <laughs> I swear to God, I was uh driving home from the gym and I was like, you know, maybe I'll be a carpenter. But then I I honest to God, I was like, but then I'll get all kinds of splinters. I imagine that's a big problem. So <laughs> I think they wear gloves, man. Uh so no no splinters for me. Maybe I'll do something else. He's gonna build cabinets. That's what I was gonna do with my life. And then you know, it was Tiny pieces of wood. Stop me. You can be the best cabineteer that's ever existed. Yeah. Yeah. It was going to be over for you cabinet makers, but, uh, you know, I just, the, the, um, you know, when they get under your skin like that and I, I really don't like the splinters, so we're going to have to do something else. Maybe, I don't know. Well, something non wood, maybe I'll work with metal instead. Metal has splinters too, man. Does, no, it doesn't. You've never had a metal splinter? Does that really happen? That's a thing, man. That's a I've thing. never heard of that. Yeah, because I mean, it'll you know, uh, metal depending on the type of metal. I'm sure I'm not a metallologist or whatever they're called, right? <laughs> but it, it's you know, it'll get little pieces will shave off. You can get a tiny little metal splinter. You gotta get huh. it out with the tweezers. It's terrible. All right. Well, I'm just gonna live in VR then. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna buy a VR headset and just be done with it then. No, no, uh, can't take the occupational hazard, so I just got to fuck off to Minecraft VR. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, I, uh, I wanted to help uh, save America and really get people informed and involved. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I might have to get a job. So I was like, fuck that. And uh, <laughs> just started playing Minecraft. I couldn't hack it. But, uh, you know, well, I, my dream is to become like the like a Yoda type character. And just be, uh, cause I, I feel like I've, you know, I'm, I'm the young guy and I, you know, a lot of talent. That's what everybody says. But now what has to happen is I have to burn out in a very dramatic fashion and just disappear for a while. And then 50 years in the future, I tell this story all the time on my show, you'll have the next young punk, you know, the next great talent come along and he'll be looking for guidance and all, all the rest of the people will be like, oh, yeah, there's one person that you've got to see. There's only one man who knows, who can train you and show you the way. He didn't make it, but he was the best. And they'll, you know, they'll go into the mountains or, you know, some some really far out remote location and find me. In Minecraft. And turn, yeah, and I'll have to travel to the bottom of the ocean in Minecraft to an obsidian lair. And, uh, you know, and they'll have to knock on the door and I'll turn them away at first. I'll say, I, I gave it up for a reason. All hope is lost, but for a they'll, they'll convince they me. I couldn't make money from it anymore. I had to. Give it <laughs> <up>. <laughs> the splinters. I had to turn away. And uh, but then because they're so youthful, they'll remind me of what I used to be like. And then I, because of that, I will train them. And that's really where my head's at these days. Now, let me let me uh, let me hit you with this in this Yoda minecraft fantasy of of <laughs> podcasting um do you have a girlfriend at that point <laughs> no <laughs> no no i dude i'm so we're so past that we're so beyond that you know people ask me that sometimes normies do you know because they they still are interested in that kind of thing and uh i just laugh you know i had a, a guy interviewing me for something like february and he's like uh should you have a girlfriend or something and it it caught me off guard i was like that's so not important we're talking about the future of our people europa that's what i'm married to <laughs> oh, yeah no no gf i'm so i'm over it with the fucking women i'm gonna have kids 
but uh in that scenario i'd be done with uh with the women <laughs> so so okay hold on because i've got a couple questions before we get to the actual rest of this because i'm, I'm a curious guy now yes you said you're done with the women, but you're going to have kids. And in that scenario, no, no woman is, is in the picture. Have you impregnated her and then left? Or is this an artificial womb situation? Oh, no. I mean, like, like right now, what I'd like to do is have kids. But in that scenario, I just wouldn't. And my like my spiritual successor would be like that, that next generation that seeks me out. <laughs> as long as I have that kind of a legacy... But uh, I'm really, you know, I'm really just keeping focused on male air. You know, whenever I think about going on a date with a woman and I, you know, cringe and get angry, I think male <laughs> air, male air, male air. <laughs> Do it for the male air. <laughs> oh, it's going to be sad when you uh, end up having a daughter. It's going to be a oh, rough time. Yeah. For Honestly, it's my nightmare that I'll have like three daughters and then I'll hang myself with like with a necktie. <laughs> 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 oh, man. well um yeah we got a we got a whole uh, bunch of stuff and and not and never enough time to do it uh so let's go ahead and uh kind of get the show on the road here live from ohio in the oiwd studios recovering from xanax and stealing rush limbaugh's oxycontins it's right to brian that really is my, my my favorite one. No offense to anybody else that's made bumpers and stuff for the show, but that one that one's the uh, the newest and and my favorite one because I am a I am a huge Rush fan. We do have a lot in common. I mean, we both uh, love Oxycontins, but don't take them anymore. So uh, I, I don't think this Kavanaugh stuff is anywhere close to over. Yes, he's confirmed, but we know they're going to try to impeach him if they do. Uh, the Democrats actually do. Uh, get the House and the Senate or any, you know, they're, they're just that's going to be their thing going forward until they find something new. But what's more interesting about it is Chrissy Blasey now saying, I'm not going to pursue uh, any of this uh, any further. Uh, you've got uh, this evidence now that I guess it's not technically evidence because where did it come from, Nick? It was uh, uh, one of one of Chrissy Blasey's uh, uh, witnesses or whatever is saying I was pressured to change my statement. That's fucking illegal as hell. Um, yeah. You know, the uh, the American Bar Association's reevaluating Kavanaugh's high rating. That's just great. I guess you can't trust that organization anymore. Um and they, then the protests, the, the protests were always going to happen. I mean, they could have seriously put, you know, Maxine Waters uh, on the Supreme Court, and they probably would have found a reason to get mad at that. I, I think that's where these people are, are at, at. You know, it could have been could have been any moderate. This guy, Kavanaugh's not even like, I don't think he's ever fucking killed anybody. <laughs> you know, I, that's that's the thing. But what do, you, what do you think here, Nick? This story can't be over. Does it stay in the mainstream media? I mean, what's your... What's your initial take from this? Because I, I think that they're just going to keep attacking him. My take is that this will at least in the short term fade away. But you got to remember that once the Democrats, well, I shouldn't say once, if the Democrats take the House, everything's back on the table. Trump's tax returns, the Russia probe, Kavanaugh, it's all on the table. Impeachment for both of them. And so to me, I'm thinking more medium to long term when this could precipitate some kind of a constitutional crisis. I think a lot of people have said that where, you know, for example, 
what if the left just ignores a ruling where he's the swing vote because they say he's illegitimate? I mean, you know, and they treat him in a de facto way as though he's not a legitimate justice and therefore the rulings are not legitimate. And then you've got a real problem on your hands. Or beyond that, what happens if the House wants to impeach Trump and then impeaches Kavanaugh? It's it's a lot to think about. And uh, I, I generally agree that this is nowhere from over or nowhere close to being over. But I, I think at least for the short term, they're going to find something else. I, I'm wondering what that something else is going to be, because I'm hoping that it's just self-immolation uh, and, and cannibalization. I mean, they have to blame someone for this. I think Avenatti is shot. They're going to eat that guy alive. They're really blaming him. And honestly, it probably it had a lot to do with him, I think, with the just way out of fucking left field. We're going to, yeah, it's, he's a gang rapist. He went from <laughs> drunken groper to like the an organized, aggressive brothel leader uh, of, of sorts. I mean, what a, what an amazing criminal to, to do all that in high school. Uh, but they've got to do that. And then I'm curious how, cause Feinstein there, she's kind of on the, on the edge uh, as well. Apparently the polls uh, internally are not, uh, as far apart between her and her opponent, uh, Kevin DeLeon. So I'm, I'm really hoping that it blows up in both of their faces. They really focus more on whose fucking fault this is. Because these protesters are going to be mad at somebody. Yeah, a lot of them are paid, and they all have those black and white uh, neat signs, um, which I don't think is necessarily that far-fetched. You can, get, you can overnight stuff and get it printed, but it's, uh, you know... I, I, I could see the debates really turning towards a lot of the yelling at what are the Democrats doing, and then that turns into an anti-establishment thing on their end, which is, I mean, which is great. I don't think that any of these more progressive types can, uh, you know, really do too terribly much. Yeah, I agree. Well, and, and there's a lot of discontent with Democrats. You see that after every defeat— they only get more angry, emboldened. You know, you, there was an article in Politico, I think, where it basically said Democrats have to get more ruthless and more and more mean and more tough. And it's like they're just there was a writer from Stephen Colbert the other day who said that, like, they don't really care what happened. They're just glad they ruined Brett Kavanaugh's life. Like, how could you get more vicious and mean and ruthless than the charade that we saw with Christine Ford? So and I think a lot of that will manifest in, like you said, that anti-establishment flavor, this idea that the Democratic Party isn't effective and therefore they should lose power. And hopefully that, like you said, that'll continue the self-immolation and, uh, you know, turn people away. And you're seeing that, you know, that's a good example. You talk about Diane Feinstein, where you're seeing Kevin DeLeon or even Beto O'Rourke, who didn't get Barack Obama's nod when he endorsed, I think, 11 candidates in Texas and didn't endorse Beto O'Rourke. And I think you're seeing that across the board, there's just this confusion, there's this rebellion, there is just a general destruction of the Democratic Party. And it's funny because people say that about the GOP. You know, people say that, like, the, oh, you know, Trump is blowing up the GOP and it's this shit show and whatever. But actually, if, if you've been paying attention and you've been looking at the facts, the opposite has happened. Look at what we just resolved with Kavanaugh. We had everybody from Jewish Brett Stevens to Ben Shapiro, to Eric Erickson, all the way to Ann Coulter and Pat Buchanan and V. Dare, all united behind Brett Kavanaugh. And on the Democratic side, it's you know completely the opposite. So 
uh, I think it's uh, it's looking up for us, and right before the midterms too. So so very exciting. Eric, Big win in many ways. Eric Anderson was a surprising tweet uh, for <laughs> for me. Is oh yeah, I, uh, one of the original never Trumpers. I'm going to vote for Trump in 2020. Now, if we've got that guy, you know, if we have that piece of shit, uh, <laughs> I, I, I this did something amazing to unite all of the GOP. And yeah, Trump did tear down a lot of stuff, but you know, you've got to. You can't just tear something down and then go, ah, good, I got rid of it. You have to have a foundation for something new, and the Democrats don't seem to have that. You've got a bunch of old people uh, wanting to hang on to power, uh, and then any of the any of the new folks. Let's say Cortez actually wins her. I, I don't think that she's actually going to win because uh, Joe Crowley's still on the ballot there. But let's say she actually wins. She's not going to be able to do anything to this uh, the old Jewish guard of the Democrat Party. That's the the new left uh, is way too anti-Israel. And you know we know how everybody loves Israel on all the sides. I wonder why. I wouldn't look too deeply into it or anything like that. But. Uh, it, there's no way any of the new people, even Kevin DeLeon, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, it supports the uh, uh, boycott, divest, and, and sanction movement against Israel. That's They're never going to be able to do anything with that. Yeah, well, it really is uh, kind of a shame because there is a yearning for like a real left-wing kind of reaction to this neoliberal system. You know, when you see these young college kids who are mad and they're pissed off and whatever, and maybe they're energized for, uh, uh, what's her name, the Puerto Rican girl or, or whatever. Uh, but there really isn't that kind of an outlet for that. You know, their party is so dominated and controlled by this like neoliberal apparatus that doesn't even represent left-wing politics anymore. It's just like this corporate, like Hillary Clinton was the perfect example of this, where there wasn't anything left-wing about her. She was a neocon. You know, she was she was somebody who would have bailed out the banks too. She would have been given uh, favors for her cronies, and she would have supported Israel fine. And uh, and so there isn't really that kind of legitimate outlet for a real like left wing reaction to what's gone on in the last twenty five years. And uh, the people that have risen up, like you say, are just they're not viable. You know, that's the the easiest way to summarize it is. It's not viable. It's it's that ugly Puerto Rican, that horse face. And and she's just dumb. You know, she's just not smart enough. All these people like Mike Cernovich and Scott Adams think like, oh, yo, she's brilliant like Trump. And, you know, <laughs> she she's a, she a master persuader or something like, no, she's just a, a young uh, retard on Twitter who is captured like this white girl homosexual vernacular. And so they think she's cool, but she's just, uh, you know, she changed her position on Israel. She fell right in line with the with the system. And so uh, so you're right. And the Democratic Party is old. It's Chuck Schumer. It's uh, it's Dianne Feinstein. It's Nancy Pelosi. And that's why they're having such a hard time finding somebody in 2020, because there's there's no there's no new energy. There's no lifeblood in there. And so that's going to spell some real trouble for them in the long term. That's what keeps me optimistic, generally speaking, is that. The uh, the Democratic Party, they're they're trying to just kind of like skip over until after the demographic apocalypse, you know, but the this transition period, which is so vital, that's it, showing that they're kind of like collapsing before they cross the finish line. You know, if the finish line is making it so that all the people in the country are black or brown, so they vote Democrat, they're just completely collapsing before they get there and uh, and they're crawling. And it's kind of a race against time to see. You know, will will they be able to to hold out just long enough before Texas goes blue and so on? Or 
are we going to be able to make uh, a big enough difference with blacks or, you know, whatever Kanye is doing to, <laughs> I was going to say, Kanye, that's a, that's a Kanye West job. That's, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's all Kanye. We can't, uh, you know, black people don't like Trump anymore. I guess they, you know, black males like him again uh, to a certain degree. But, you know, that's that one. We're leaving that one up to Kanye. And I mean, I don't know. He's he's made stranger, uh, stranger stuff work, you know. So mm-hmm. he really upped the uh, the popularity of Daft Punk uh, back <laughs> in the day. So, you know, he, he can do anything. He can do anything he wants. Um, I, I do think, though, that even just with the general public, I hate when people talk about politics uh, as if they're somehow like outside of it and like, oh, we're, <laughs> we're, we, you know, these, these people out in the Midwest or these people, that people or whatever. And it's like, faggot, you, you know, you, you got a podcast. All right. Even the, even the fucking assholes on CNN are, are, you know, reaching more people. Right. But, mm-hmm. you know, so you're not outside of it, but just general apolitical individuals. Cause I kind of hate saying normies. Uh, I, I am trusting that they saw, um, the Kavanaugh, situation and then the reaction by people that frankly i'd imagine scare you know old ladies and all uh, and what have you uh their reaction to that has if you're an independent or whatever i would think if you're gonna vote at all you might say well i don't really like the people that are doing this nonsense seems like they're onto this old playbook of we can yell loud enough and and all of that and have this sympathetic establishment but the the establishment is not really sympathetic to them anymore uh, it thinks that they're weird and gross and destructive. I mean, the, the freakouts that we saw, them banging on the doors and screaming and, uh, you know, doxing uh, uh, senators. And uh, what are they, what are they uh, doing to Cory Gardner's wife, sending, uh, sending her beheading videos and just weird shit like that? Uh, I, don't, I don't think normal-ass people are into that. Not everybody follows politics. Uh, not a lot more, I guess do than you know pre-2016 but any anybody who's just you know i want to watch the the game and have a six-pack and then uh have missionary position sex with my wife and hope that my son uh who's 16 doesn't hate me enough that day as he has a hormonal rage uh so that i can you know go back to the factory uh that you know that donald trump got reopened uh those are the people that i think uh, saw this and might even just become a little more political than they were, and I'm not really sure that that's a, a great thing. I'm, I mean, I don't. I, we don't really win when people come out to vote. We, <laughs> we win on the otherwise, and you know, let's let's not pretend that we don't. Yeah, yeah, I generally agree with you that, like, whenever these kinds of things happen, I think we benefit because if you look at the people that were in favor of Christine Ford, it's not like these are your average leftists where it's like John Stewart and, uh, and Barack Obama. And there's this air of like this, it's just common sense. Like uh, gays are going to get married, get used to it. You know, that kind of thinking it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was believe everyone, believe all survivors. And it's this me too thing that's been hanging out and, and only getting more radical and, and crazier and more irrational. And and you're right. I think people are onto that. You know, I see bits and pieces from Twitter of, leftists or black people saying, you know, after this Brett Kavanaugh thing, uh, you know, we're we're getting more sympathetic to Trump because this is just nuts. These people. And when they show up in uh, Washington, D.C. with the signs and the yelling and the carrying on, I think generally people see like, okay, you know, something clearly happening. That's not it's not really winning them over. So uh, I think overall it was a benefit for us. And here's the good thing, though. You're right that 
it doesn't tend to help us when people go out and vote because the people that are typically not voting are people that are Democrats, particularly in midterms. You know, Republicans and the old people and white people are pretty reliable. Introducing new people to uh, regular voting is going to be non-whites. It's going to be young people. And, you know, those aren't really our strong demographics. But I will say this. People pay more attention to politics. That doesn't necessarily translate into more people voting. You know what I mean? Like registering to vote is different than being mad that like, you know, this happened and thinking it's a little bit, it's a little bit kooky or whatever, you know? So to me, that's why I think it's, it's definitely in that benefit and that like more people are becoming sympathetic. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, you cut out. Nice. Um, well, let's see, uh, see if he comes back here. Uh, this is, yeah, this is going great, guys. Um, well, while I'm, uh, waiting for, uh, waiting for Nick to come back, um, let me, uh, let me pull this guy up here, because this is something that, uh, I, I think is, uh, certainly interesting here. Uh, a friend of Christine Blasey Ford told FBI investigators that she felt pressured by Dr. Ford's allies to revisit her initial statement that she knew nothing about an alleged sexual assault by teenage Brett Kavanaugh, which she later updated to say that she believed but could not corroborate uh, Dr. Ford's account, according to people familiar with the matter. Leland Kaiser, who Dr. Ford has said was present at the gathering where she was allegedly assaulted in the 1980s, told investigators that Monica McLean, a retired FBI agent, told a friend of Dr. Ford's, uh, had urged her to clarify her statement. So that's not, uh, that's not not intimidating. You know, maybe, uh, yeah, it's a former FBI agent, but uh, it's still the FBI. It's still the FBI kind of getting you there. Uh, I wonder if he knows. Oh, well, we'll see. Um, so I, I, I wonder about that. I, now, I am kind of, I guess, uh, cynical on this. I don't think that anything's really going to happen uh, with it, but it is absolutely against the law. It's uh, apparently against uh, 18 U.S. Code uh, 1512. Um, it could amount to actually witness tampering. You're, you know, you, you, you just, you can't fucking do that. But then we've got also the, the politicization of the uh, American Bar Association because, you know, the, uh, the, the leader, the, the king of the bar sent that letter saying, oh, he can't be confirmed. You know, it's just not a good thing. And he had this high rating uh, from the ABA. And then now they're looking at, OK, we, we need to uh, maybe reevaluate that. That's, it's completely a, a partisan organization now, like everything else. The politics has just uh, slipped into to absolutely everything. Oh, Yo. there he is. Yeah, sorry, my computer crashed. So nice. I'm gonna be on my <laughs> I'm gonna be on my phone for uh probably like three or four minutes uh <laughs> while I get my computer booted up again. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're good, man. Uh, yeah, that's uh no, it's 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 been a, a great evening for technology. Um, <laughs> all right. uh what do you think about this whole American Bar Association shit where they're gonna you know reevaluate his stunning uh, rating that they had there. That just means that the ABA now is a totally partisan organization, just like everything else. And I guess in a way, that's what I meant with, I don't want more people involved in politics. I don't want, I, they always sort of were obviously since they're the bar association, but it's, it, I, I had never known them to be a partisan organization. 
I guess. And when the more people you get involved in this stuff, we got more people just choosing sides and uh, yelling at each other and to hell with the truth. Because I think even a lot of left-leaning people didn't believe Chrissy Blasey, not for a fucking second. Uh, and they still ran with it because it was politically advantageous. Yeah, it's pretty shameful because we saw that with uh, Yale. I think it was the Yale president came out and said something to that effect and the Bar Association. And it just goes to show that th this kind of like middle of the road, nonpartisan doesn't exist anymore. You know, and he had like Jordan Peterson and the Weinstein brothers saying, well, you know, he should have just stepped down and that would have really <laughs> yeah. made a powerful statement about uh, the dangers of the division in America. Now, maybe that could have maybe we could have pulled back from the brink like two years ago. But that's so out of the question right now, because every institution now has chosen a side, whether it's, you know, the lawyers, you know, the Bar Association or it's academia, the media, Hollywood, uh, all these different businesses, banks, unions. They've all chosen a side. And we're basically at war here now. And so uh, I think that's all that really means. And we basically knew like which way these different uh, institutions leaned already. Now they're just making it explicit. And it kind of does say something uh, a little bit troubling about the country that it's it's probably not going to get buttoned up and healed. Like That probably won't happen. When you have every institution in the country taking a side, and, and it's not on, like, taxes. It's on whether or not, like, human biology is real. You know, it's <laughs> like they don't believe there are two genders. Like that, that's the division. There, there's no compromise between the two. You know, you think about how they complain about like government forms that say male and female. That's the kind of thing we disagree on. That's so fundamental that you can't compromise. One side either has to dominate the other or there's going to be a conflict. And uh, so that's, that's all that tells us in my mind. And uh, it's pretty, pretty spooky scary because I don't imagine one day we're ever going to wake up and all these lawyers are going to be like, oh, you know what? You guys were right. It's actually <laughs> believing in ethnic nationalism is a legitimate uh, opinion to have and everyone is entitled to their opinion like that, that won't happen they're going to try to fuck us over steal elections basically rape us you know they're going to put their hands over our mouths and shove us onto the bed and try to just get a they're gonna turn the music up and pretend they can't hear us but um you know, we're, we're going to fight back then and it's going to be it's going to be conflict. So and then 36 years later, we will just try to ruin their ruin their lives. You know, yeah, it it. I don't know. I mean, I know it sounds really gay to just like sit and complain about like, oh, wow, everybody's too mean and, and politics and and all and what have you. But like even the political argue, uh, article that you were talking about saying that, oh, we as Democrats need to get uh, meaner and things like that as if they already weren't just horrible, horrible individuals. I think that they do believe that they need to be more mean. And I think that they probably will get more mean. I mean, they're, they're you know, they're already shooting at politicians, threatening politicians, all of these things. I'm wondering who they're going to kill. Like one of these <laughs> fucking unhinged lunatics is going to get to, you know, ran bulletproof Rand Paul, uh, who, you know, what he said, he's had three close calls in like the past like 15 <laughs> months, you know, but I mean, that's, that's not good. And you're right. There is no coming back from that. It's just not really a, a country that I want to live in. And I think that's part of why they want to do this is make it so uncomfortable for you that you just, it's easier to just give up. But we got to remember that they have signs saying like, we will never forget and all of this, uh, which means if they do get that absolute power or what have you, even worse than uh, what Barack Obama was doing and shit, they're probably going to kill you. 
You know, you're already yeah. not going to be allowed to have a MasterCard or, uh, you know, any anything on the Internet, anything like that. After a while, they'll probably just kill you and they'll call you a colonizer while they're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, you know, that that is the strategy It's just to overwhelm because, you know, you look at the average white guy, you know, Republican. And I say that in a, in a way that's contemptuous, but in a different way, you know, the average white boomer or whatever and it's like that meme with the clip art. They just want to grill. They just want to be left alone, watch the big game, grill up some uh, some burgers or whatever. And when the left goes bananas like this, when they when they chimp out, oh, like you can't this, say that. <laughs> when they uh, when when they go wacky, um, it's much easier for people to just submit and say, uh, "Oh, okay, like we don't want to, we don't want any trouble. We don't want the uh, the left wing mob on our Facebook page or whatever. You know, we're just going to submit and be left alone." And but but you're right. I mean, eventually it is going to turn around, and, and that's not going to be an option anymore. It won't be an option to to just hunker down and pretend it doesn't exist, and uh, you know, say the right thing and try to be politically correct. And you know, that's where acceleration comes in is getting people to acknowledge that and realize that. And the sooner the better, because that's the thing. Once people begin to realize like that, they're not going to leave you alone. It'll be too late. Right. And so so that's really where we're at at this point is getting getting our side of the army to wake up and, and fight because they're they know what's going on. They know what's at stake better than we do i'm wondering uh i'm wondering <laughs> and this i never thought i'd say this i wonder if lindsey graham has a better idea of what's going on now that john mccain is dead and uh <laughs> you know maybe he's ready to i i think it probably has a little bit more to do with um uh the you know like mccain's dead so he doesn't feel bad about you know like uh, disappointing his friend or whatever uh and he realizes okay if i have any chance of having a career anymore i've got to attach myself to trump people seem to really love trump so i think he's kind of a, an advantageous fella in in that regard but he's still giving people fist bumps that explode on the uh, on the on the senate floor he's you know walking around adjusting his tie while whores are yelling at him i mean it's pretty baller stuff i gotta say lindsey graham needs a cool nickname uh i just i just don't know what hmm see I don't know. I mean, everybody likes Lindsey Graham now. He's still I, a piece of shit. I don't like him. He's still yeah, a piece of shit. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, to me, everybody's like, I thought it was cool. You know, I thought it was funny. And you had the picture of him, like, adjusting his tie or whatever. But he's still a fucking gay neocon. You know, everybody <laughs> seems to have forgotten, like, he was John McCain's jerk-off buddy. And he wanted a war in every country. And then he, like, said a cool speech. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, like, based Lindsey Graham. And I'm sitting over here like, Okay, yeah, epic, but uh, you know the guy's a, a warmongering faggot. So yeah, or he's. Uh, yeah. I, I, can I say that on here? Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. You can say anything but N's or K's, and I know you don't say those any. Uh, anyway, oh damn but, it! I gotta really, yeah, gotta really self censor. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, any anything else is fine, but uh, I mean, I don't. I, I I think that he sees something in in the Trumpism, uh, not necessarily like what we see in Trumpism, as in like nationalism or anything like that. I think that he just kind of understands. Fuck, they'll vote my dumbass out. You know, if uh, mm. if I don't latch on to Trump because the party's gone the way of Trump or they're just fucking retired. I think Murkowski's done. Uh, she's up in 2022. If Alaska remembers this, um, you know, she she's probably done. And then we'll get Sarah Palin. Uh, over there and that'll be hilarious because she's fucking retarded and drunk you know that's funny to me 
Yeah. Well, Murkowski, the thing about her is she never got elected. You know, that was her whole deal is like <laughs> she she got appointed by the governor there, I believe, by, by some like nepotism thing or whatever. Yeah, some crony the, deal in the uh, the governor at the time was uh, uh, her like her friends with her dad or her dad or something like that. Um, yeah. It's, and then, but she did win that write in thing, though. Uh, ah. That was pretty fucking funny and, and kind of baller to be honest like who, who the hell wins a right end in 2016 i mean that's kind of cool but yeah she ended up just like women uh in general being a a lying monster uh i, I think she might be done though i think anybody but 2022 so far away people not may not remember this because as, as big of a fit as everybody's throwing now uh about kavanaugh most of the people that were at those protests didn't even know who was already on the fucking court. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, and that's what you got to remember when they get up there on the steps and they're like, like, eh, we're going to vote in November and you got to watch out. Like these people are not going to vote. <laughs> the same thing happened in 2016 when they were out protesting, All right, you know, Trump's a bigot and whatever. And they didn't fucking vote. And, uh, you know, I remember I went to the woman's march in 2017 and uh, i remember they were all like we're gonna do a march like this every weekend for four years no joke that's what that was the energy that's what they thought was gonna happen they're like and it's only gonna get bigger every weekend million people marches in the streets and oh he's gonna be forced to step down i'm like you're fucking dumb here's what's gonna happen you're gonna have your little march today and then nobody's gonna care within a week and they'll do it again, you know, when the next big thing happens. But you guys just don't really have the stamina. These people don't have their stuff together. And they they try and be, like, really ominous, like, we're going to register all the young people to vote or whatever. But, I mean, these people, uh, they'll turn out in greater numbers probably than they have in previous elections. But it's not, you know, it's not going to be like they're going to blow everybody out of the water. And with the Susan Collins, who's going to remember this in 2022, really? You're going to run a, or 2020, you know, whenever she's up for re-election, uh, but in the case of Murkowski, I think Republicans will remember because Republicans are smart, the smartest people in the world. Well, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to stop you right there. Alaskans. <laughs> I, I'm you don't sorry. Like Alaskans? No. OK. There's a few states that are just fucking terrible that are uh, red states. Uh, one of them is Alaska. The other is Texas. And then uh, just anything in the south at, at all. Um, yeah, I got to. I, I have to disagree with you. I and that's only because I might run for office in the future. I think people <laughs> in Texas and the South are the smartest, mm. best people in the world. They're the most American among us. Hey, they may be mo the most patriotic. That's that's fine. I I can say that. But uh, no, if you live in Alaska, like, what do you know? What you can you can tell me about snow? <laughs> you know, you like you're so out of touch in Alaska that like you you you. you you just go three months of just like it's nighttime or three months of it's, it's daytime and you know, certain parts of it. No, don't, don't talk to me. Like if you live in that part of Alaska where that happens, uh, I don't think you should be allowed to vote, you know, because you're not even in the same country. As far as I'm concerned, we can just give that shit to Russia and that's fine. You can, cause I don't know what goes on in Russia either. It's a bunch of weird shit. I don't know. I like Alaska. You get paid to live there. Did you know that? Uh, you had to have to get paid to live there. Yeah, I wouldn't want to. I, I don't know how you could live on, you know, because it's just like it's completely disconnected from America. You might as well be Canada, right? I don't I but I guess it's a different way of life. Is it? I feel like it's all igloos up there, but I guess it's not. No, it probably is. I think it's I think it's igloos and 
like every bar you go to is playing all baked alaska songs <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's like just, he's the one guy that's come out of there you know that uh, <laughs> has like ever made music you know he was the first guy a little known fact baked alaska was the first guy in alaska with a computer huh. uh, yeah it's uh the more... I, I believe it uh, now, Hawaii too. We could get rid of Hawaii. I don't know what's going on down there. Putting fucking spam and eggs and Reese's peanut butter cups in your cereal. That's just that's not American. We can let those things go. Um, yeah, fuck Hawaii. I hate Hawaii. Yeah, when we when we finally decide to get rid of Puerto Rico, uh, we will uh, also just get rid of Alaska and Hawaii. At that point, I think it's good because you're not even you know you're not even attached. I don't just don't see the point. Yeah, I agree. Time to time to drop the dead weight. We got enough problems. <laughs> In uh, continental America, we don't need all these shitty islands and uh, you know <laughs> deformed limbs coming out of, coming out of the woodwork. Bad enough, we got Florida, which is basically you know basically a Latin American country. So I agree. Yeah. Florida's something else. Uh, we, we talk about Florida a lot on on this show. Um, unfortunately, we kind of need Florida uh, for the moment. But mm, that's mm. going to come back and bite us in the ass real soon. I don't know. Uh, but we got a lot of the uh, the based Hispanics down there, though, uh, Nick. So, you know, there's that. Um, and I imagine that, like, a few uh, a few of the women have to be good looking, right? Yeah. You know. Yeah. I think there's some Florida gals and some uh, thick Latinas. I, I don't know. Though. I went to Miami, and it was just – it was literally a different country. Nobody spoke English there. And, uh, you know, it looks like it looks like what they want America to look like in terms of all the, you know, shitty modern architecture and uh, people who don't speak English and so on. It's just uh, it's, but I guess it's like, you know, good weather and probably pretty girls and you know, all that. But I want my wheat fields, Brian. I want the wheat fields. I want my fashy blonde fair maiden and, you know, cooking, baking bread back at my uh you know my little home in the countryside i don't want some thick latina whipping up tacos while she's you know screaming and yelling in spanish with like three babies in her arms <laughs> Th- through too, a megaphone too much <laughs> yeah, yeah accompanying yeah. uh you know piano behind it <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I don't know, man. Uh, you you know you you haven't lived until a uh, a thick Latina, a a spicy mama, spicy mama Sita, as it were, says, "See, si, papi." That uh, oh. you know, that's yeah, that's when I was like, white people are fucking canceled, and <laughs> you know, it's Castizo futurism uh, all, all the way forward. But uh, there is uh, there is this because we got time for one more before we hit the break. Um, that's uh, I I I guess odd and. From the OIWD studios, this is Right to Brighton. Downtown LA hit with outbreak of flea-born typhus. Uh, okay, so it's it's on Skid Row. Um, that's where all of the homeless people are. It's a very depressing, smelly, bad place, and there's still a few hipster bars down there. Uh, I, I did a few open mics in that area, uh, at the, a couple places down there. I was like, you know, because I was like, ah, it'd be funny as if I don't, you know, get shot up with a fucking heroin needle from a homeless person or some bullshit like that. Uh, but they've got fleas now that are hopping around because these people have fucking fleas. <laughs> There's fleas hopping around, giving people typhus. Uh, you, you're not like you don't you don't get typhus. It's 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 the current year of 2018. You, it's not really a thing 
that that happens, you know, and it makes you real sick and you you know you can die. Uh, but I'm wondering, it's it's funny that L.A. Uh, is getting typhus. I wonder if there's because a lot of rats live there. A lot, <laughs> a lot of rats, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that kind of weird how the rats kind of follow these problems everywhere? You always find rats when you see this kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, it reminds me of Mucha Lucha. You remember that show? Uh, I think I know what you're talking about, but that was a little bit, a uh, little bit after my time. He was the uh, that was the Cartoon Network show with the luchador on there. He's a big guy with a mask. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, got, yeah. I never watched and, that. Uh, there's a character on there called the Flea, and he was uh, it was a show for Hispanics, and the Flea was this dirty guy. And uh, I don't know, maybe, they, <laughs> maybe there's nothing to do with that. But yeah, it just goes to show. I mean, it's everything that we say about the third world. Import the third world, become the third world, and that's just what you have to expect in our new country. You know, I mean, the, why why would anybody expect any different that it's going to be? And I think people don't even realize all the ways these countries are shitty. You know, like people know they're poor, but they forget that you have Black Plague in Madagascar and they forget that like people like wipe their asses with their hands and stuff like that. I don't know if that actually happens, but, you know, goofy, like just dishygienic, uncivilized behavior like that is commonplace. And so all these uh, and it's kind of cool because all these white people who think it's you know going to be enriching. And I know it's kind of, uh, you know, trite at this point. This is uh, prepare to get culturally enriched, Goyim. But, you know, it's, it's, it's basically true that I see all these white people who think it's going to be, you know, just peaches when these people come over here and they're going to find that, uh, you know, when they're getting their guacamole made, it's going to there's going to be shit in there. There's going to be fecal matter in there. And they're going to catch AIDS when they leave. They're going to catch some kind of bad bacterial disease. And uh, let's just accelerate it, man. Let's just keep cranking it up to 11. Disease, uh, violence. And I, I disavow all of that, of course. But let's just crank it to 11. We'll, we'll make people feel what's happening. Feel a little fire under their bum. And then maybe there'll be some change. Because this is just its a joke. It's a joke, dude. Typhus in America in the current year unacceptable in the second most populous city in the united states you know I, I had to leave los angeles man like it was just punishingly expensive uh you you cannot fucking live there it's it's just absolutely terrible and actually speaking of the typhus i i i do i'm gonna read you this here um so uh you can vote by mail in california and they send out these candidate statement uh things and they uh you know there's a pro and a con to every ballot measure and all of that and it's it's written by these people and uh my guy john h cox he's the republican he's running for governor uh, of california he made this statement that said i wasn't supposed to make it into this runoff for governor because you got to remember i mean we did the the uh california primary thing they have a jungle primary guys which means if you're a Republican, you pretty much don't have any chance of, of getting anything because they take the, you know, it's not party primaries. It's whoever got the most votes. Uh, I wasn't supposed to make it into this runoff for governor. I'm not part of the political class, wasn't born rich, no family with political connections. My name is John Cox. And I think that the political class has done, has done to working people in California is a crime. They've rigged the game, trading favors and enriching themselves while millions of forgotten Californians have been left behind. We have sky-high gas prices and vehicle fees with the highest poverty rate in the country where millions commute to cities they love but can't afford to live in. So they commute on the roads that are a mess 
They send their children to failing schools. Sacramento politicians ration water in our homes while emptying our abundant water supply into the ocean. Our friends and family are moving out of California, not because they want to, uh, but because they have to. Where uh, for too many Californians, it's a choice between buying gas to get to work or groceries to feed the family. That's a choice none of us should have to make. The good news, we don't have to put up with this because help is on the way. We can stop the water rationing, repeal the gas tax, fix our schools, and make housing affordable again, but only if we're willing to hold our failed political leaders accountable. I'm John Cox, and I want to be your governor. His opponent, Gavin Newsom, didn't even put a photo no statement, no candidate statement, no photograph submitted. Gavin Newsom taking all of California's votes for granted. And let's be honest, he's going to, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be governor. Uh, he can't do much worse than Jerry Brown, uh, who's a horrible fucking governor, uh, who has signed multiple things going, ah, what's the worst that could happen? But uh, that that's California now at this point. And I had to get out of there. It's so punishingly expensive. It's everything that John Cox just said. And we're supposed to model the rest of the country after that. They've got fucking typhus and $8 gas. It's no good. It's no good, dude. But maybe maybe Cox will get us out of there. I don't, to me, California's just gone. And I, it's funny because Trump said, like, during the election, he's like, we're going to make a play for California. <laughs> Do you remember that during the, uh, the primary? He, he did a rally there. And he's like, you know what? We're going we're gonna to actually... <laughs> compete in california to me it's like that state is gone and i know there's a lot of republicans there and i know people that work on the ground there like trying to resuscitate the california gop but it's just gone and uh to me what i see happening is as i see what happened to chicago i'm learning lessons like i look at the different neighborhoods and basically the name of the game is white flight you know eventually the white people are going to say uh like we don't want to live here anymore. We don't want to live where they shit in the streets and, uh, you know, they do all this other stuff. We're just going to get out of here. And so once all these yuppies who are young and they go to LA cause they like want to find themselves or whatever, once they make a little money and they have kids, some of them will do this inevitably and they move out. Then we're going to have a more, a segregated country. And then I think it'll be a different story. You know, once we get people, connected by land, basically, these these populations on concentrated areas, you know what I mean, in terms of the geography, then I think it'll be a different story. But for now, it's like, why why even bother with California? They've they've forsaken themselves. And it's a, it's a beautiful state, but it's a shithole. And I, I went there, I've been there twice now, and it's the traffic, it's the gas, it's the, the drugs and the crime and the disease and everything else and uh you know why bother i can't wait till the earth opens up and the whole fucking city just falls into the into the core into the magma chamber because uh there's no salvation for them out there well it's god is telling them something because the whole state's always on fucking fire <laughs> yeah right it's it is a nightmare i mean you're, you're right it's a beautiful place i uh you know I, i'm not sure if i would take back my time living there uh outside of the fact that like I, I, once I came to Ohio, I go, oh, shit, like, this is, you know, you don't have to all, only have $300 uh, to your name, <laughs> you know, like, that's, this is great, you know, um, but I, I I worry about the big thing that's happening with Texas and, and a lot of other places around uh, California as people are leaving California, but then they're bringing their California values with them to other places. Mm -hmm. They bring, they just, they're 
done with California. They've ruined that place. So they move to Texas and start voting the way that they voted in California. And it's, I mean, it's more of just the, the, the left in general. Uh, and these guys aren't typically the far, far left, not as far left as, uh, you know, the Sanders people and what have you, but it, like, a, like a plague, like typhus, they, they just spread throughout everywhere. So I, I, I worry that we might not be able to have a big concentration because these little veins, these little unknowing operatives are moving to everywhere. So we got to deal with the Muslims who are setting up their own enclaves that everybody's fine with for some fucking reason. Uh, I guess white, I guess like white autistic people did uh, New Hampshire uh, with the, with the uh, 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 what is it? One state freedom state, whatever it was called. Uh, the, the Cantwell thing. But, you know, they're a bunch of jokers. Uh, when they leave these liberal states like New York and California and stuff, they come to less expensive states and then they vote in a way that just ruins them too. Because it's, yeah, it's it's all the minorities and, and what have you that are being pumped into places. And we're just, everywhere is just going to have to deal with that for the time being, it looks like. Uh, but even the white folks, they're the ones that are voting in these just, just terrible. Honestly, terrible, terrible. Let's hike up the, uh, uh, the the state income tax or what have you, so that we can take care of all of these, you know, poor new immigrants that we got. Uh, it, something's got to be done with these people. I mean, I suggest running them all into the sea. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's kind of funny because a lot of people are now moving. I have uh, a few friends in Arizona and everybody who's in Arizona tells me that people go to LA and then they get fed up with LA and then they move to Arizona and Arizona is a red state. So you definitely see that. And it's happening in Chicago right now. The taxes are like just raping people. So they're either picking up and they're moving to Indiana right across the border, or they're moving to the South, like to Kentucky or Tennessee or whatever. And, uh, and you're right. And they take that, that crap with them. So I don't know. Something's got to give, man. Something has to happen. I like the solution of pushing them into the sea, at least with California. In Illinois, we're going to have to push them into the lake or something. But <laughs> what we just really need is a mass casualty event where Jesus. the uh, the people who <laughs> the people who are not able or willing to think practically and pragmatically and conform to reality will not be able to survive, and the people who are will and you know we'll have a drastic reduction of the population but i think it'll be for the better i'm not talking about like like violence i'm talking about like a uh, pandemic a meteor shower uh yeah yeah honestly uh you know just some kind of general collapse of the supply lines brought about by an emp or a solar flare something like that where because like think about it most people would have been killed off if it weren't for the fact that like people are just supported by everything all the time. Like no matter what mistake you make, you're still able to be alive. Basically back in the day, if you weren't smart, you would die. You know, you would get in an accident or whatever, you know, and weak people would die. Like if they, if they're just like composition was weak, like they, they succumb to pneumonia when they were like a child. And now it's like everybody, Oh sure. Everybody's alive. I'm sure nothing can go wrong. Everyone should be alive. Everyone should survive. And it's no wonder that all these stuck fucking dumb people. And that's a problem. If we didn't have a democracy, this wouldn't be an issue. But now all these dysgenic people walking, these walking mozzarella sticks, <laughs> you know, one, one person, one vote. Oh, I think this guy should run the country. Well, no one cares what you think. You, if it weren't for the state, you wouldn't be able to put your, your pants on in the morning. So maybe you should let the, the non-NPC people pull the lever. So, so that's where I, I think 
the only solution at this point. I'm becoming more and more an accelerationist is just dramatically reducing the population. Oh, Although, I mean, and Prim Nick. And Prim That's Nick. Right. Apocalyptic Nick. <laughs> <laughs> You've been playing too much Fallout, man. That's, <laughs> That's like, what it is. That's what it is. It's yeah. not. It's not a good thing because I, I'll I'll be the first to admit I would prefer to live comfortably. All right, like I I like my. Uh, well, I hate my job. It's a terrible job, but it's like, it's not manual labor, you know? Uh, it's just frustrating because the one thing that I have to do is like talk to other people when I'd rather do what I normally do, which is uh, just drink alcohol and, and you know, uh, like I started smoking cigars recently. Like that's, I have that luxury now uh, as, as a person that I would not have if everybody gets fucking typhus and then just starts like killing each other for bread. <laughs> It's it's not going to happen. It's not going to be good for me. And for the record, I fucking love mozzarella sticks, but I'm getting too fat to be able to eat them. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, I on the one hand, I want to see like a, a drastic change in the country. But on the other hand, you're right. We, we are creatures of comfort, you know, you and me, but also mankind in general. Like it's on the one hand, mass casualty event like bring on the flames, start the fire, whatever. But on the other hand, it's like, I like being able to drive and, you know, pick up McDonald's at 3 a.m. and come home and eat it and watch Henry Danger on Nickelodeon and, and be a complete piece of shit. You know what I mean? So you can't do that in a, in a wasteland. In the wasteland, not, you can't go out at night. We're not, but we're not big guys either, Nick. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't care. We can, we're not going to be able to... You know, funny our way out of situations. What do you where, mean? Well, I'm a big guy. I'm six nine. Uh, yeah, pounds. Uh huh. It's, <laughs> it's 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 not gonna be good when like Cletus and Jamal come to the door and they're like, you know, part of the government guard and they're like, give me your shit. And it's like, ah, oh, fuck, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's true. Well, we'll be like Odysseus. We'll have to use cunning to find our way out of those situations. Well, we'll have to be, you know, like it's actually good that we have all these like female protagonists in action movies because that's how they tend to like get around is like, you know, they're really clever. They're tinkerers or they're like, you know, they have this like spunky creative intelligence and all that stuff women like don't us. actually have. Yeah. Yeah. So when they like, when the big lunks come to the door and they're like, you know, give me your bottle caps for the, you know, for this post-apocalyptic chieftain, we'll have to use our smarts. We'll set off like some elaborate trap, like one of those Rube Goldberg machines, some elaborate trap that'll like end up putting them in a net and we'll we'll get the secret key card and access the storage room, you know? And uh, that's how we're going to do it. No, I'm, I'm, I'll probably just hold up the last of my alcohol and uh, <laughs> just, just be sad. Like, and be like, man, I, I don't know what I was so depressed about before. My life was fine. Uh, boy, I sure am hungry. Uh and that'll be that. But we're uh, we're about at that one hour mark, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, hit that break. Um, I I do want to. Everybody knows who Nicholas J. Fuentes is. You got to check out his show, America First. Uh, I, it's you know it's on YouTube Monday through Friday. Don't know how the hell you do it, uh, but you do, and it's it's good. Um, uh, and Andy uh, fights with people a lot, which is just fucking hilarious. Um, but uh, we we've got some we've got some shirts. We actually have some new shirts, and there we got two new shirts. One of them is of. Uh, of Master Throne. Uh, that's what I have named my highly modified toilet. Uh, so we've got that. Uh, and then we got the, the communist shirt so that you can blend in at your college. Uh, but uh, we'll be right back in just a minute.
Banks and shit, banks and shit. We was gangs. We was gangs. We was gangs and shit, banks and shit. We was gangs. Loot the pyramids out of Egypt. We was gangs. We was gangs and shit, banks and shit. We was gangs. I love that little song. Meme Extreme made that. He makes all kinds of cool stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're back from the old break. I've got, uh, I got a little bit more of the, of the makers, Mark and me, uh, which is great. For the, for the non-drinkers, uh, our, our guest co-host uh, included, um, it, Makers Mark is, is a whiskey. It's a bourbon. Uh, very good. Very good. It's made in, uh, made in Kentucky. So if you if anybody ever tries to tell you they've got a whiskey for you, um, you know, or a bourbon for you, and it's not made in Kentucky, and I'm looking at you, Jack Daniels, Tennessee, my ass, that's not a thing, all right? So if you ever uh, decide to make one of the worst mistakes of your life, Nick, and just pick up drinking, um, let me tell you, it's, it's really expensive, uh, and, uh, like, you just slowly... Uh, lose respect for yourself to a point that where you're just like, oh, well, I mean, at least I didn't pee, you know? Wow. Yeah, it's great. Sounds appealing. Sounds, uh, sounds like something I'm going to get into. Mm. It's, it's weird. Spicky was making fun of me for it, but it's true. Uh, I'm now at a point in my life, you know, I can't drink the beer anymore because I'm just, you know, I got this big fucking gut, you know, I've still got, you know, David Hogg arms and just, just the gut. So I can't drink beer. Um, gained twenty fucking pounds in a year of just like eating whatever I want and thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm never gonna get fat. Well, that's not true. So I, I am. My pants don't fit. It's awful. Uh, <laughs> I fucking hate myself. I look in the mirror and I'm like, I hate what I've become. <laughs> you know, it's not good. But you know, yeah. so so I can't have that. But I, I've been drinking uh, just just bourbon and and smoking the cigars. So I'm 185 years old is is what it is it's the only thing that brings me peace uh is is just sitting in my sitting in my smart car by myself with a, a glass of brown liquor and a cigar i'm just thinking about what could have been you know wow you ever just sit in your smart car yeah yeah it's a good car it's a good car people can make fun of it all they want it's a good car i'm gonna put flames on the side of it eventually <laughs> you actually drive a smart car i do sir i do bro why uh well because when i was in los angeles it made parking super easy ah uh, gotcha and gotcha. they're very inexpensive cars why uh, don't you get a motorcycle then i see i would rather get a motorcycle and risk dying than uh than get a smart car well no 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 i i have seen too many motorcycle accidents on the side of the road. I mean, in LA you can split lanes and the, the, the motorcyclists are just awful people. And here in Ohio, you don't, you're not required to wear a helmet, which is just fucking retarded. I see these guys like shirtless and no helmet riding motorcycles and I'm like, all right, well you think you're all free and shit. Now, how free do you think you're going to be when you have one leg? You know, I'd rather have one leg than drive a smart car. No, you've never driven a smart car. You don't know what it's like to weave in and out of the traffic with the swiftness of a Fox. <laughs> it's like like driving like a mouse car. You know, I imagine like a really cool car chase, and you're like driving under the cars and you know zipping around like like a like a little RC car, like in uh, Toy Story. <laughs> no, I guess I yeah. See, honestly, 
It's a very it's I, a very practical and conservative car, you know. I'm not just uh, yeah. socially conservative. I'm financially conservative until it comes yeah. to hood shit, in which case I will totally just spend all my money on hood shit. Yeah, see, maybe if you didn't drink, you could drive, uh, you know, a, a dumb car. <laughs> Can't drink a car, Nick. <laughs> Buying a car that's nicer than my car isn't going to bring me temporary happiness. It might help with the headaches, though. Good Lord. I can't, I can't drink anymore. Like, I really can't. I woke up this morning, and I was like, oh, that was just too much. And I didn't even have that much. I had, like, uh, okay, I, I did have too much. But it was, you know, I woke up this morning. I felt like shit. When I was, you know, when I was your age, oh, man, I could just fucking, you know. I, could, I, I couldn't really put them away because I got way too drunk too quickly. But, you know, I, I didn't get hangovers like, like I do now. Now it's a debilitating fucking condition, like, similar to people undergoing chemo. <laughs> if I drink too much, you know, I'm just, I feel sick and like, I'm, I'm exhausted. It's the worst thing in the world. It's fucking terrible. Brutal, brutal. See, I, I don't, I'm not going to start. That's, that's my secret. You never have a problem if you never start. I, hey, I was straight edge until, uh, you know, I was about 18 years old. So, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that was really a total of like two years before I could even <laughs> buy anything, you know, but right. you know, I waited. 16-year-old smoking cigarettes, smoking in the boys' room. I said, no, thank you. X'd up my hands and went to the hardcore show with my girl haircut. And, uh, Epic. Yeah, it was good. I used to be a real real, real cool guy, Nick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this was weird, and I, I think we can – I don't know. Do you watch MMA at all? Because I really don't. No. Spicky yeah, I don't. does. Uh, Spicky was actually at this fight last night. Uh, people might have heard about it by now. Khabib, I guess his real name is Habib. I don't know what his last name is. I cannot pronounce this, uh, but I'll try. Uh, it's, it's Khabib uh, Nurmagomedovs. That's probably how it's pronounced. So good old Nurmi uh, decided, okay, I just kicked the shit out of Conor McGregor. Rather than winning gracefully, uh, I'm going to toss my mouthpiece at one of Conor McGregor's trainers or what have you. And then I'm going to leap over the cage and start beating the shit out of him. Now, not one to be outdone. Khabib, Nerman, Jomdovs, guys uh, decide, okay, we're going to jump in there and beat the shit out of Connor. Now, he's a Russian, but he's one of these Muslim Russians. Uh, he has the biggest ears I've ever seen on a human being in my entire life. That's not normally how this shit happens. Normally, they have the fight. They'll shake hands or, like, it's a big deal if they don't, you know, hit the gloves or whatever afterwards. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, ugh. This looked like it was some bullshit out of WWF. It was beyond frightening for me since I knew that Spicky was at that event. There were fights outside of the hotel that that, uh, all of this nonsense. Uh, allegedly, some person was stabbed. That's just what Spicky had heard. Uh so I was worried for my buddy, like real worried that he was, cause you know, he was all drunk and I know he likes to rumble and all that anyway. So it's like, well, I hope he doesn't go and get in a fight. He's wearing a Conor McGregor shirt. You know, this was totally, if you go and look on Twitter, brought up to be a, a race thing. Now, never mind that Khabib uh, Gorbachev is a fucking Russian. He's a Muslim. And he's some type of brown. I don't know what he is, but he's a Russian fella, I think. Isn't he Russian? He's something. He... He's, a, he's a Dagestani. He's from the North Caucasus. Ah. So, yeah, they uh, 
because you know i mean you've got You've got uh, uh, Connor who talks all kinds of shit, and I guess he insulted Islam, which you can't fucking do, because otherwise they, well, they do this shit. Uh, but it's been brought up really as this big race thing. You're seeing blacks uh, and, and just non-white individuals in general on Twitter saying he got what he deserved, he got what he deserved. That's, that's not what you do. <laughs> like it's just it's just not. Like if, it's, if it would have been like, oh, he beat the shit out of Connor, I would have gone... Uh, good for him. That sucks. Because uh, I like the, you know, I like the the, uh, uh, the the Conor McGregor fellow. You know, a lot more than I like this other guy. I can't pronounce his name very well. But yeah. I, I know you saw the same thing. I mean, it is it is racially divided on over whether or not this was a good fucking thing. And I think that has to do with the fact that Conor is the king of white people in MMA. Uh, from I don't know if that's his doing or, you know, what have you. I mean, that it really seems like that because of the Mayweather-McGregor uh, fight. You know, people still just think he represents all whites. <laughs> yeah. I See, I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, like, I get both sides of the coin where people say, well, you know, Conor McGregor attacked him on that bus or whatever back a couple of, like, a month ago or something. Like, and that was threw, wrong, too. He threw the dolly through the bus. Yeah. The thing to me, which is dumb, is that now they're going to hold back Habib's money and they may strip him of the championship belts and they're both going to get fined out the ass. I think at least Habib will. I don't know if Conor McGregor will. So to me, it's just kind of dumb. It was just dumb for him to do. like Because a lot of people like Mike Cernovich, who's just become the worst, is out there defending him. Like, oh, no, I, I think he's really tough and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but... It was just dumb of him to do. And I'll look, I'll always root for the guy that's not a foreigner. And you know what that means. You know, I mean, I will always root for people are like, oh, well, th what this was about was that Habib was a, a man of faith and Conor McGregor is not. And so it's that's how it was really a win for us. It's like, nah, you know, he's a he's a foreigner and uh, and I didn't want him to win. Now, to me, I care about the fights when there's a larger significance like that. When it was like Logan Paul versus KSI. <laughs> The racial thing and that I was I was amped up for that. That's when it's fun. And uh, the same thing for Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. Now, people said, oh, well, no, Floyd Mayweather's a Trump supporter and McGregor didn't like Trump. Well, I, it doesn't really matter to me. I, you know, it's about something greater. And for this fight, like, uh, I don't really know that that was totally there because, I mean, Conor McGregor's Irish and this guy was like a caucuses guy. So they're neither of them are really that white to begin with. And it wasn't overtly <clears throat> racial. <laughs> it wasn't like overtly racial. So to me, I was just like, I don't really care about the outcome, you know? But so. the the way that it was handled, you know, on Twitter, again, this is just this is the the, the walking mozzarella sticks, mm -hmm. uh giving their their opinions. And it it was racial and i think that has to do with uh it's it's been politicized like i can't remember the name of the guy i did have it uh, queued up but now i don't anymore i, I lost it and the, the the things uh before we started but there was the other fellow who i guess it was like his first fight and he was like uh first of all i want to give a shout out to brett kavanaugh mm -hmm. way to go special k all all that which is funny uh i thought it was funnier when the 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 giant when the black hulk uh said that his balls were hot uh, and that's why he took off his shorts um, that was, that was more funny to me, but more people seem to latch on to, to that. It just seems like a, an outright politicization of what should just be sports because people didn't look at that fight the same way that, you know, you looked at it where, okay, I didn't really care. They're both, they're okay. They're both fucking white people. I, you know, whatever. 
But they looked at it as Conor McGregor is the king of white people. You know, he's the because he fought Floyd Mayweather and lost, and they just look at him as the leader of of the whites in in MMA. Uh, and they wanted to see him lose because they saw white people losing in that because it's really all they have but it's more of that just politicization of fucking sports it's kneeling in the nfl it's the same you know bullshit i think the kneeling in the nfl is worse because that's just an outright disrespect for the anthem and, and the flag in america but like you can't there's no escapism allowed anymore nick like some people don't want to fucking mess with this bullshit they don't care the political affiliation of an athlete they shouldn't care uh, they, no political athlete should have a political affiliation. We should just make it illegal because they're fucking dumb brutes. All right, they're not. They're not these fucking brilliant guys. You know, you hear about like, oh, and he got a 4.0 in college, and now he's a, you know, third string quarterback or whatever. It's like, yeah, they in no way, uh, you know, helped him along with that so he could stay on the fucking team because he was so fucking good. No, his name is Shinikawana Bokadudu. He's a fucking retard. He can barely spell his own fucking name, but goddamn, can he run? There, there's that politicization of the fucking sports, and I don't like it, because what are people really going to do when there's no more fucking escapism? What are white people going to do, rather? Because we know, uh, you know, with football, that's that's all blacks, uh, and they're going to be, you know, more left-leaning. The MMA, I'm assuming you're going to have a lot more of the pro-Trump, yay, people, because it's just a brutal fucking sport, really. But that's, that's not the way that it should be. I know this says, sounds tired, but this is just not a country I want to live in. Yeah. Yeah, I, it is kind of weird how politics was so present because it was the the black guy with the Trump thing and the Kavanaugh thing. And yeah, never. Well, I don't know, though, but it kind of used to be like this. You know, it's not like this is totally unprecedented. I mean, I guess horizontally, it's much more present in terms of I don't think it used to permeate like everything the way it is now but if you look back at like what was the olympics thing where the two black guys did the black power saluted hitler and yeah. uh you know there was the soviet union stuff and even the even muhammad ali when he was boxing was about vietnam or was about you know him versus joe frazier was about like uh, uh you know uppity black guy versus like a regular black guy or at least that's how people saw it and so i don't know to me you know, sports was always kind of political. Culture's always been political. But I guess now it's just more. Now it's just like, I think maybe the anomaly was like the last 20 years when it wasn't political, you know, honestly. Because hmm. you look at the 90s, the 2000s, and with few exceptions, like kind of allegorical stuff like Star Wars or, uh, you know, overtly political stuff like Jon Stewart, there was notably absent from culture. So I guess we're just kind of it's like the return of history. You know how Fukuyama wrote about the end of history. And for, for a while, it was kind of like that, at least in America, when we had this uh, this reprieve from history. And now it's kind of coming charging back and it's very ugly. And people are like, oh, this is so this is so uncomfortable. Like it shouldn't be like this, whatever. But it was like this in the 60s it was like this for a long time. So I don't know if it's, it's unprecedented. I get what you mean. It's kind of annoying. No, that's, that's a, re no, that's a real fair point. Uh, I actually, I can see that. That's, uh, that's fair. Uh, cause Muhammad Ali was kind of a bastard and all of that. But I mean, I guess if we are looking at another 1960s situation, we saw how the sixties ended up being, and it was fucking terrible. You know, I, I don't have to like it. It can, um, uh, it's not in recent memory been like this. And again, I just want to be comfortable 
and I don't like I don't, I don't even like sports. Like I I, I kind of like baseball. You know, that's that's kind of it. Uh, I I don't like it. I don't like that I can't turn on any just TV show. Comedy shot to shit. That's a different. Mm you know, situation entirely. And it's one that's near and dear to my heart, but like comedy can be political, but now it's the wrong kind of political because you get, uh, Ariana's soon to be, uh, dead X, uh, what's whatever his stupid name is, uh, uh, gay Eminem with AIDS, uh, 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 you know, saying that Kanye was wrong and some uh, SNL week, uh, weekend update shit. But I had assumed, you know, that you didn't have this much, politics within sports i mean like boxers i could see that because it's just them um but like it's it's now uh, the nfl as a whole is a politicized thing nike is a politicized thing and i wonder that might be a little like what changes it is that there's money to be made by corporations that sponsor these events and what have you to be made from doing that it'd be like we're the woke shoe company uh (laughs) Like that might that might be. I mean, how many people buy fucking Yingling because you know they're they're like, yeah, fucking Trump's great. So it it goes both ways, but I don't like it either way. I I don't see the point in really the whole purpose of this of, of this show has been several times me saying like I need people to stop caring about politics because I'm a hipster about it. Leave me alone. Mm. Yeah, I I get what you mean about the Nike stuff. I don't like how it's been turned into a commodity. Like. That's the dumbest thing in the world to me that people, in order to show their support for their you know political zealotry, it's just to buy the latest product. You know, like when Jim Carrey went on the Bill Maher show and he was like, oh, yeah, I just got a pair of Nikes. It's like, really? That's that's our country now where it's like, oh, in order to own Blorp for, you know, I'm going to go fork over $100 for, uh, you know, this or that. And Republicans are like, oh, I'm going to buy my pillow because, you know. <laughs> The guy on the commercials likes Trump. It's just so gay, so dumb. So I, I get what you mean. It is, and it's everywhere. You can't escape it. You know, the boomers talk about how, like, oh, Johnny Carson, it wasn't political. And to an extent, they're right. You know, it's just kind of not in certain spaces were kept holy and reserved for, you know, apolitical type stuff. And we don't really have a strong enough foundation to unite behind as a country. Like there's not like anything that we could have united behind <clears throat> as like a source of national identity has been hollowed out and isn't there now. So there's really nowhere to retreat to where we can say, well, you know, regardless of our politics, we still have this. We don't like everything's everything's on the table now. And that's why there's no reprieve from it. It's it's instead of like a family fight, it's like a national divorce. You know, before it was like, well, we, we disagree over what movie we're going to watch or what's for dinner. Or there's a family feud. But like at the end of the day, we're all still proctors, you know, or we're, we're all still Fuentes's. And, you know, we, we can watch or we could do whatever Fuentes's do. Yeah, that probably and, works uh, a little bit better with the Fuentes's and the proctors because we're not a close net. <laughs> Neither are we, but you know, but, but you know, you know what I mean. Like, like, so we're like at the end hard. of the day, we're proctors, and uh, what what we do is we don't talk to each other. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's like America. You know, it's what what is what is the source of identity that we agree on? There isn't anything. Everything's on the table now: pastimes, heroes, history, culture, holidays. By I mean everything. And uh, so so it's just a split. Now it's like we've got our shit that like, well, we're all still Republicans or whatever. And the Democrats have theirs. But uh, 
but yeah, that's why it is the way it is. I think. Now, okay, I'm trying to like lift this up now because that was a really (laughs) fucking depressing thing that that you said. No, this isn't going to sound right. We need another nine (laughs) eleven. No, that was the last thing that we all got behind. We we all got behind that, and like you know, we were like, "Fuck." brown people it's like what we as a country did and the rest of the world was shaking because they were like just keep your fucking head down don't fucking you know please don't bomb us please don't bomb us please don't bomb us and then we just blew up people that had nothing to fucking do with it but we felt united for a little bit on that we were like somebody gotta pay for this shit and then now people don't even you know it's it's we still remember the fucking holocaust you know 360 days a year but Nobody gives a flying fuck about 9-11. But for a little while, I do remember the whole country. Uh, and I was a little bastard. You know, I was in eighth grade, so I was a little bastard. I didn't really get what was going on. So I didn't care. So I just, like, would poke uh, my teachers about it and stuff who were, you know, I mean, it was, it was a national tragedy. It was a terrible <laughs> thing. But, you know, I'm just like, eh, 9-11, 9-11, 9-11. Just a, a real bastard. Just a, a real piece of shit. But the, the people were united. I mean, it's so much so... That, like, they almost lynched the Dixie Chicks. Do you do do you know what happened to the Dixie Chicks, Nick? No, no. What happened? So the Dixie Chicks, uh, they did some concert, and they said something about, uh, just so you know, uh, we are very embarrassed of our president. And the world fucking hated them. Like, went well, nuts. I don't remember that. Nuts. Well, you weren't alive. Uh, or... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you were. You were just a little guy, you know. Yeah, I was a little baby, man. A little, little guy. You, you weren't around for that. Uh, the last time Americans were actually united. I mean, that that we really were. Honestly, go, ask your fucking uh, ask your parents about it. Uh, ask other, you know, 30-year-old boomers about it. It was fucking bizarre. Like, and I was too little to appreciate it really at the time, but I just remember this overwhelming sense of, like, we hated France. We were like, fuck you, freedom fries, bitch. We would never have anything close to that now. Like yeah. if now, every time there's a disaster, people are going to be mad that there's a presidential text alert because they think that Donald Trump is doing it, you know, himself. Which I hope that these people ignore those alerts. I hope that that's what happens. They're like, I don't care. I'm going to resist. I don't care if it's flooding, and then they drown and have horrible deaths. But we we, we don't have anything close to that now. I, I I I think the only thing that might actually unite people would be aliens. And not, you know, not like Mexicans or whatever, but like fucking spider armed invasion aliens. Well, yeah, Sam Huntington wrote a lot about this when he he wrote Who Are We a few years after 9-11. And the whole book is framed as like there is no consensus on what it means to be an American. And like right now, everything's okay because we had 9-11 and now everyone's flying their flags and people love America again. But he said, how long is that going to last? How long is this post-tragedy unity going to last? When it expires, if or when it expires, there's going to be this vacuum of, you know, who are we? Are we white? Are we Anglo-Protestant? Are we just adhering to this American creed? Is it about American culture? Is it some combination? You know, how do we define ourselves? And uh, in the absence of, like, perpetual attacks on our existence like military like kinetic attacks on america there's no way and that's why america is going to fall apart 
in, in a big way. And I don't know how it's going to break down, if it's going to be regions or race or whatever, but that's a big problem that we don't know what unites us anymore. That's that's how you become a country is a sense of having nationhood, not just being a government that administers public services to this particular polity in these arbitrarily defined borders. So to me, that's the big national question right now. And that's why, you know, this identity politics stuff and whatever, that's why that's front and center. Because on what, what really the right boils down to is we want to define America as something a little bit more concrete, either in ancestry or in culture or in history. And the left says uh, you know, America basically has no content. America is like a brand. You're in here. You're an American, you know, and, and increasingly they don't even believe in the creed. They just believe in like you're you're just on the land and you're you have your papers together and that's an American. They don't believe in it. It's, it's totally deconstructionist. And that's really what what it's about. And if you look, that's basically how people line up in terms of their political ideology. People want to make it about socialism and capitalism or whatever else. It's really more about, well, what do you define as American? And, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how that plays out. But uh, that's the big reason, I think, because that, that's why it permeates everything is because it's just this existential and necessary question. And people are going to have strong opinions on it. So, see, uh, it, it comes again to me just wanting to delay the inevitable. Like this is this sounds like a Nick Fuentes problem. He's going <laughs> to, you know, outlive me by by quite a few years. And they, I just. I just want to make it to the end, Nick. I'm I, I I'm worried about retirement. You know, I'm like, oh shit! Like, how am I going to do this? I guess I better buy crypto and uh, gamble <laughs> on that one. Um, you know, because you see what happens with people's 401ks as soon as uh, uh, as soon as you know you you get one again, and then it's like, you know, you'll be fine. Uh, Trump can't be president forever. Ends up being an issue, but. I you might be able to answer this question for me. Uh, I know that very early on in in the United States founding and what have you, people didn't really think of themselves as so much Americans as more like I'm from you know New Hampshire or what have you. When did that switch? When did it like really at the identity uh, of it all? You know, because Texans still have like I'm in a Tex, uh, you know, I'm a Texan or whatever, and they'll fly the the Texas flag right next to. People don't do that shit in Ohio. Most people in Ohio don't even know what the Ohio flag looks like. Yeah, like it really started to come together after the Civil War is when, because mm. you're right, for the first, like when uh, when America was founded as like a colony, when the first British settlers came over, they saw themselves, they didn't even see themselves as like separate from Britain so much, not until a few generations after. And then from the time of the founding until the Civil War is a lot of regional stuff. It was statehood stuff, you know, as I'm from Massachusetts or I'm from Virginia or whatever. And only until after the Civil War did people really see themselves as part of this national country. And I guess that peaked probably around World War II. And a little bit after, and then it was on the decline ever since, and it broke down along racial lines for the most part. But uh, I mean, I, I guess it's not out of the question that we could come together again at some point, but we're just, it's going to come to a head, this question of, well, what's it going to be? You know, in, in 1965, we never, there was no referendum on changing the definition of America from like white 
or, you know, American culture and the American political system. There's no consensus on what's it going to be. They just made this change. And that's why 50 years later, now we're in crisis because there's just a lot of friction between the people who thought it was one way and people who thought it was going to be the other way. And uh, they're mutually exclusive. So like we said earlier, either one side's going to win out and just force the other side to submit, or it's going to be not so one-sided. There'll, there'll be a prolonged conflict and but there's no there's no getting out of it. people who think that it's just gonna like no we'll just patch it up. That's what I see on the timeline. It just makes me so mad. Like with this Kavanaugh stuff, uh, like we're just gonna de-escalate and everyone's gonna get together. It's gonna get worse, not better. Well, I, I think it'll get worse, not necessarily on this one issue, but like it's not even about this for them. It, it is just the latest thing to get enraged about. Now the Kavanaugh stuff isn't over, but you know as far as the protesters and stuff. That Soros money, and, and God bless our president at this point for just being like, yeah, fuck it. You know, these are paid protesters. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. The right and the left knows it. But the left is going to be like, you know, oh, I didn't get paid. And it's like, oh, you're a sucker and you're dumb. You like took off work at fucking your, your shitty coffee shop. Like you you should, you know, be more well-connected, pal. Mike Cannon is the guy that I look to for that because uh, he – Mike Cannon is a great guy. Do you know Mike Cannon? No. Oh, you would love Mike Cannon. He's a uh, he's a great guy. Uh, he just happens to be a diehard communist. Um, he but he's a good guy, and he likes to talk to right wing people. Uh, hmm. he, he's a reasonable guy. We we'll get you. Uh, we we'll get you introduced. He's a he's a really good dude. But you know, he he was like, oh, where's my Soros money? And it's like, well, you're just fucking dumb and useless, and you will do shit for free. You know, like <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I just, they want to turn it into uh, the same, like, where's my money from Russia? Again, the left camp meme, and it's just pathetic to watch them actually try to be funny. Because uh, that's what? That's like a two-and-a-half-year-old little meme. Where's my where, where's my rubles or whatever? Uh, I I just don't know what they're going to be mad about next. I guess is the thing, but it really doesn't, it really doesn't matter. I just don't see it um, stopping, but like, I don't see there being, a, I, I see the right kind of giving up before the left does. Um, I know that's kind of depressing, but it isn't a movie and good guys don't always win. And it's downright biblical that everything goes to shit. Hmm. So I don't time, know. But, I, I definitely do see because like who who could really imagine Trump like so let's say Trump wins a second term where do we go from there I don't think anybody really has a game plan or, or a, you know an idea of what's going to come next because every day it you know it's just so unpredictable and so chaotic and uh, something's got to give basically at a certain point then. Or we're just going to take it, <laughs> honestly. And that's what I keep telling people is like, there's no guarantee that uh, we'll have this collapse or this like this great conflict or anything. There's no guarantee that anything happens. What's most likely is that Democrats and like this left wing apparatus get their shit together. And by 2020, because of Facebook and Google and whatever, they make it impossible for Republicans to win or by 2024. And then we're, excuse me, and then we're just, uh, then we're just finished, you know, and unless, and I, I'm saying that 
unless people are willing to get out there and go fight and jaywalk you know, do what it takes <laughs> yeah yeah take up the poster board and go go bother people in barnes and noble <laughs> unless that happens uh you know things will it'll just it'll just continue life will go on but just with uh, the wrong people in charge and everything will go on it'll just be a little bit gayer mm-hmm. yeah it'll just be more paused it's I, I do believe uh, the one good thing that William F. Buckley uh, ever said was that, and I'm paraphrasing something about conservatives are the people standing at the forefront of history yelling stop. Uh, but that really does imply that you are eventually going to lose. I, I do believe that absolute fucking just run amok liberalism. Wait, I mean, this country, the country was founded on liberalism. You know, any, everything short of monarchy is liberal, right? Uh, but, like, absolute, just real, like, beyond the pale, like, the the Tesla quote, you know, you will live to see man-made uh, atrocities, you know, that you could never imagine. Um, again, paraphrasing. But, like, we're going to see more of that. There's this game, uh, Nick, that I, that I uh, just finished up today called The Observer. It's made the same people that made Layers of Fear. They're great. They're called Bloober Team. Um, they make really great games. They're pretty cheap, uh, and it 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 had something. It's a futuristic thing about like body modification and stuff. It's a horror game. It's really good. But there was like a candidate for a thing you find on a computer, and he talks about because the year is twenty eighty four, and he says you know nearly a hundred years ago, uh, transgenderism was considered you know bad and what have you, and he's talking about. Literally, in, in, in the thing he's talking about, uh, if his son were to come to him and say that he wants tentacles to grow out of his face. Hmm. So I'm not sure, you know, if the transgenders got mad about that. But, like, to me, if you want to turn your pee-pee into a hoo-ha, you might as well have tentacles growing out of your face. And it might cover up the fact that you still have a guy's jaw, all right? So you got to get a lot <laughs> of work done. And even Blair White, the one who's had the most work done, sorry, you know, he's, he doesn't pass. He doesn't pass. You don't think Blair White passes? No, there's, there's still there's no Adam's Apple removal company. Not yet. When they start doing that, and then the hands. He has very feminine hands. So yeah. do I, though. But like, you know, he's got to shave those things. You get a little knuckle hair. You're a guy. You know, it's, <laughs> it's the thing. Yeah. Like, what do you think Blair White looks like? Even with the hormones, I'm sorry. What do you think Blair looks like? You know, he gets a little chin hair still. He's got to get a little chin hair. Got to pluck oh, a man. few of them out, dude. They, none of them passed to me. I'm able to basically tell, and it's just yeah. freakish. It's I don't know weird. how people, like, because I get people being on board with, like, left-wing stuff, generally speaking, like, well, you know, the tax cuts helped the rich, and uh, maybe the Russians were involved in the 2016 election, and uh, immigrants are fine. Like, I get being for all that. I think it's dumb, but, like, that's reasonable. Now, I don't get how, like, a, a regular white guy, you know, older guy, could go to a rally and stand next to an, like, obvious man in a wig and lipstick, and, like, talking like this and saying <laughs> that the woman. I really struggle because I see, like, who's that girl who was, like, the, or the, the tea girl? She, she, or he was, like, a soldier and he's the one who's in that picture where there's a it's like over time his profile on Twitter went from like he was a guy to like he was gender. Oh, 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 
What's that thing? Yeah, name? who the fuck are you talking about? God damn it! I know. Yeah, I know his thing. Well, he's a guy. Uh, he, he was just in the news rather recently because he got kicked out of a restaurant and was crying. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that guy wants to just fucking rape women. That's what he wants to do. A lot uh -huh. of these people, dude. That's all they want to do is just like rape women. That's why I I hate feminists. But I can make an alignment with the turfs, the trans exclusive radical feminists. I can make I can make an alignment with him. They can be like. I hate men. And be like, don't worry. I hate women too. And they're like, I hate trannies. And I go, yup, that's why we should go, what the fuck is going on over there? I'll deal with your dumb ass later. And guess what? I'm stronger than you. All right. So don't come to any keggers. With me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, because I look at that tranny with Charles the Clymer. Charles, sorry. Somebody yeah, said yeah, yeah. Charles Clymer. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I, I look at him. I saw him at the Kavanaugh protest or whatever. He's got these freakish. I mean, he just literally looks like a guy who painted his fingernails and is wearing a wig, like grew his hair out and wearing lipstick. And there's like normal people all around him protesting. And I think like that's how you know we're on the right side because we we don't have to stand next to freaks like that and pretend like, yeah, that's that's totally normal. That's not upsetting or off putting or, you know, freakish. That's just that. Oh, hello, hello ma'am. Hello, miss. You're you're, you know, fine lass. We don't have to do that because we're not retarded, crazy people. And so uh, so to me, that that's when it starts to fall apart. And uh, generally that that um, Buckley quote about history speaks to us because like when we think about ideology and we think about what's going on, it really matters how we view history in terms of if history is defined by progress or if history is defined by cycles, or if history is defined, but you know what I mean? And so to say like, and I, I hear this conversation a lot, that conservatives always lose because to try and hold back the tide of technological or social progress and, and to try and keep things the way they are is a losing battle. These things are always changing. And like that, it really matters how we view history to see if that's like a legitimate thing to say, because I'm Catholic. So I, I mean, I'm basically a reactionary and believe we have to get back to, you know, the church and get back to the church controlling things. And then it becomes a question of, well, is it a matter of reverting back or moving forward into a new future? If you believe in progress, it would be a matter of framing our political ideology as an advancement. You know, for people that believe that history is working towards a certain goal, directed towards something and should always be increasing in a linear way, then we have to portray it as the inexorable march towards a Catholic country. If you believe in cycles, it's different. You know, like Evola, who believed in uh, that we were in the dark age, we have to accelerate the end of the dark age and then get to the next part. And if that's the case, then we have to look at it as, well, the, the Catholic part, this more conservative orientation is just like the the spring stage of our civilization we're in the autumn. And so it, it does the the study of history really becomes pertinent when we look at where we are, you know? And so to me that's why that Buckley quote is is consequential and it does matter like how you, is it linear, is it cyclical, is it progress, is it, you know, and then how do you frame it? That's really an important question these days. You know, you, normally at this point in the show we're talking about like poop or tits. Um <laughs> uh, no, I, I guess that's an interesting way to look at it. I, I, I don't believe that uh, any, there's any anything that uh, is – there's no socially conservative cyberpunk futures. <laughs> right. You know, like – I mean that would be a hell of a uh, – that would be a hell of a tabletop game to run. You know, a, a, um, 
a handmaiden's tail except you know it's like augmented go-go gadget titties like that'd be <laughs> you know that'd be something man but like i don't i don't see things going that way because what we've seen even with like i think that the internet totally advanced uh social liberalism and or social neoliberalism or whatever whatever you want to call it just general fucking debauchery and faggotry and just like strange shit nobody before the internet uh spare like very small clubs thought of wearing mascot uniforms and fucking each other nick (laughs) like that's that to nobody like there was not a town where more than one person did that. I, now, granted, I'm sure there were some, you know, neighboring towns, and there was like, I'm the the college mascot for this, and I'm the college mascot for that, and then they were like, hey, let's suck each other's dicks, and it was like Todd and Greg are fucking weird, but nobody knew about it, and then now there's like whole fucking things on it. Like that's a that's a thing. That is that is it's called furry. And it's a thing, and there's furrydom, and there's right-leaning furrydoms, and left-leaning furrydoms, and all of these things, and Nazi furries, and communist furries, and all that. If it wasn't for this fucking horrible internet, I, I'm only grateful because I get to LARP as a radio uh, host, you know, twice a week for a few hours. That's the only good thing that's ever come out of the internet. Like, I, I, uh, Adam Waffle would not exist. Charlottesville would not have happened. Uh, you know, these things happened before, but it was like some crazy guy named George Lincoln Rockwell running around the country just doing strange shit. You know, but people had to read books and stuff, and, like, that was the thing. Nobody was dressing up as mascots and fucking each other. They were doing weird stuff. Don't get me wrong. They were doing really weird shit. But they had to think of it on their own. And now somebody, just some asshole has some idea, and he's like, you know what? Corned beef. Versus salami, which one is better to stick your dick in? And then you've got multiple people doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Man, and do that's... you remember when that black guy fucked that McChicken and it was all over Twitter? Yeah, yeah. What I do the fuck? <laughs> that was awesome. It was really funny. I was surprised it was a. Bl- I heard about it. I was surprised it was a black guy. I thought, okay, a white guy did this. No, it was a wow. brother. It was a brother. He did it. Internalized anti-white hatred. It's. I mean, I guess I just assumed that. It, I assumed it'd be a white guy. And I think everybody did. And then they just, they saw that going on. I mean, that never would have happened. That never would have fucking happened. The internet has really fucked us. Fuck the industrial revolution. The internet really did us in. You yeah. can't come back from it. Well, and that's that's really what it comes down to, is if, if you believe in the cycles, then you believe that the internet has introduced so much entropy that, the system will collapse and we'll have a new beginning. If you believe in progress, you think that we're, we have this destiny that is either, you know, like cyberpunk hell or it's cyberpunk utopia. You know, either it's this dystopia where it's like literally you know, technological no cy- slavery. Dude, literally no cyberpunk scenarios are good. Maybe that's because know. they're I think games. Some of them can be cool in there, you know, where you get to be like, you get to LARP as Ryan Gosling, wear a big coat, <laughs> kill robots, and, you know, have weird, like, I know, I know he it's a depressing a ba- movie, but. He still, yeah, he still had a bad time. Like, but it's still, it's cool, though, dude. You get the, the, the aesthetic, the neon lights, the epic songs, you know, and. Uh, but in reality, you don't get any of that. You get that we're yeah. probably just going to start, like, you know, fucking uh, Apple Watch. Uh, and fuck Google Glass, we're just going to start replacing our wrists with things and our eyes with stuff, and it's like, everybody will be fine with that. 
No, it's. I mean, it's not good. Body augmentation is right around the corner. I, I, transhumanism, I believe, is the next step in what's happening if everything doesn't collapse. Um, you think? Oh, yeah, dude, absolutely. I think the next stage in human evolution, and this is not against God. I, I do believe in God. I think the next step in human evolution is uh, putting ourselves into into AI and, and what have you. Um Mm, I don't see. I don't know. I mean, I used to be very afraid of AI. You should be. And then I, I thought, uh, but I'm not though. I'm not. Hey, the the whole AI scaremongering is based on the idea that like, like yeah, we're just gonna figure out how the like the human brain works, and you know, computers will just keep getting faster and better. And I, I think there are like limiting principles that will make that so it won't happen. You know, where people say, like, we will just get inevitably we'll get to the point where a computer will be more sophisticated than the human brain. And once that happens, it'll keep teaching itself and get infinitely smarter. I feel like somewhere a lot like there's a lot of systemic flaws in that reasoning. Like, okay, in terms like, for example, the computer chip. I was reading something that said, like, Intel is no longer where there used to be this ironclad law that. Uh, you're supposed to get, what, half the size of a computer chip every two years or something like that. Right. We can't make anything any smaller, but we can make it faster. That's what, yeah. kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. And so, and they said basically, like, they're not trying to make it smaller anymore. And that, and But that just goes to show that this idea before that, well, every two years this this happens with, you know, with pretty, pretty strong reliability. We can say that we can project trends based on that. And there's an example where it didn't happen. And so when people start talking about this exponential growth that's going to happen, I think they're, at the very least, because I don't know enough about it, at the very least, I'll say there's a lot of assumptions about, you know, where we're going to be in the future that I don't know are totally accurate. And uh, they may be, but I'm saying that when people say, oh, well, you know, it's it's totally a foregone conclusion. It's like there's, and also it would, there'd be a lot of good that would be done. Like if we figured out AI, Think about all the problems that there are that like we we could just fix everything if we had AI. We could fix that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but I mean, like you know, people are like they could kill us, but also every problem we could fix. So, what do you mean every problem uh, we could fix? Because like this, <clears throat> I, I mean, now I'm just thinking of this dystopian hell where we have like a robotic uh, overclass and we just. Like, everything works out fine at first. We're like, oh, this is great. We don't have to do anything. And then, you know, it goes terrible. I'm sure there's been movies or mangas or, you know, something done about this. But, like, oh, we just let the robots do everything. And then, you know, then our rulers. And they're like, yeah, it was good back in the day in 2245. Like, Well, I mean, like, every problem that you have, if we had a godlike AI, they could either answer your question or they could fix the problem. Like, Guardian's Guide to the Galaxy, though, man. Uh, Or uh, Guardian's Galaxy. Guardian's (laughs) Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, no, that's a hell of a fucking mashup. Please, somebody... uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, Yeah, somebody please make Guardian's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, That'll be good. But uh, yeah, I know what you mean. But it like if that doesn't happen, then it'll be good. But I'm not too worried about it. I'm more worried about like Elon Musk is worried about it, dude. Like Elon Musk is worried about it. And you said you don't know enough about the stuff. I don't either. I do trust Elon. And he's worried he's still about unstable it. able to do anything about it, though. He's slonking weed on Joe Rogan. He's got to got to get it together. It's true. It's true. He used to sponsor the show for a little while. Mm. And then the SEC got into him. Um, yeah. Then uh, 
couldn't happen anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I'm more afraid of like what happens if we don't get off this planet and everybody, you know, just just burns out. I'm really more scared about the bigger like existential question of like what eternity. Doesn't that scare you? Yes. Like what what eternity means and where, where you're going to be there and what's that going to be like? You're just there forever. And, but then you think, well, should we be here forever? Like and you think you think that you wouldn't like that, but you also don't think you'd ever want to die. You know, I don't. I don't feel like at thirty, you're like die. I'm more ready to die than I was before. No, I'm I'm so. way more ready. To die. <laughs> you're ready. I'm so, like to to quote the the late great Biggie Smalls. I'm I'm ready to die, Nick. I I I've done everything in my life that I've wanted to do. Um, really, everything? Yeah. Huh. I've never left the country, but like I don't feel the need to. All those countries suck. Like I've, I've, wow. I have no need to go. I mean, I think I'm right there. Maybe you can back me up on this one. I, I don't feel the need to like go be like, oh, Sweden, some bullshit I've never heard of. Like, I don't I don't care about that. Uh, Ireland. Oh, yeah. What's over there? Uh, Scotland. The only thing I do in Scotland is go to the Laphroaig distillery. Like, that'd be <laughs> it. Like, I, I can just buy Laphroaig here. Like, I don't care. You know, it's so, you know, I've had a great life. I've had a great country. I, I you know, I'm ready to die. Like, I really am. But I am terrified of dying. The only thing that stops me from killing myself, and I've said this several times uh, on this show, is um, it's scary and it's going to hurt. <laughs> like, that's yeah. it. You know, yeah, just yeah, dying yeah. in general is going to be very scary and it's going to hurt. That's the only thing that's holding me back. Otherwise, it's like, <laughs> fuck you guys. I didn't even want to be here. You know, I'm not. I'm going to go yeah. meet God. You know, like, that's apparently that's going to be baller. Except, you know, that's an eternity. So that's you're right. That that's fucking terrible. I hope he's got like fucking cool ass board games up there because <laughs> you know it, it's gonna suck. Uh, I I'm very anxious about the next stage because it's like, and what really used to scare me was losing my individuality. I actually talked to classical theist ooh. about this, like the idea of. Just like this Hindu idea of just being dropped into a bucket, you know, like the or the right. the water droplet being dropped into the ocean. Because I was playing Fortnite one day and I was listening to <laughs> where like, all of uh, your all of your deepest thoughts come from. <laughs> yeah, it's like shower thoughts. Well, because my mind is so sophisticated and fast that I need to be sort of like half occupied to really do my best thinking. You know, unless unless I'm like my conscious mind basically is engaged with the task in front of me that is like more or less menial and on autopilot. That's really the only time I can do thinking. Otherwise, it's just, you know, it's too much chaotic uh, energy. But but anyway, so I was playing Fortnite and I was listening to uh, like a Ben Shapiro Sunday special. He's talking to some retarded atheist. I was like hate watching it. And uh, and Ben Shapiro's like like oh the Jewish ideas that you like just become one with God again. I was like I I don't want that to happen. I want to hold on to who I am. But then I was like well, who am ego, I? Dude. I felt like remember do you, do you watch uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion yeah. ever? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it was like in the end when when they made him like nothing, and then you know they they gave him a top and a bottom so that he he couldn't fly, but he was you know a little bit more comfortable and then you, you remember that whole excerpt in the last two episodes no you're getting really specific and that is a very old anime <laughs> so i have to send you there's a great video where it summarizes it but that's that's basically how i felt and uh, by the time i watched that i was probably like i you know have no idea what's going on i'm 10 uh, <laughs> Wait, you watched it when you were 10 
I I assume. I mean, it's been a long time. Probably not ten. I was probably in my teens. Uh, mm. It's that one never really stuck with me in the way that it stuck with other people. But don't let that you know negate your your point. Um, some yeah. people got it. Some people got it. I'm sure of it. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, but just you know, generally the point being that it's just the the great mystery, the great beyond. So I, I'm very anxious about that. Always living in anxiety about that. I, I I'm not kidding, and like this isn't. Uh, I don't want this to be misconstrued as like some type of cry for help or whatever. I'm just uh, I'm a comedian, uh, and I've always talked about suicide and stuff like that. And I've very I have some of the best suicide jokes ever. Uh, and I'm not gonna kill myself. My life is like actually really cool. It's really baller. I kind of have a, a great life, and it's great. I'm very appreciative to God and and those around me for that happened. The reason I have to say that is because people will seriously freak the fuck out, and I don't want to talk to you. Like we're not even friends, guys. Um, I I wake up like every day or go to sleep every night. You know, it's either one of the two, and I do think about like, fuck, I'm gonna fucking die. Like that's gonna be weird. I was just thinking about it today. You know, I'm like playing the playing the video game, and I'm I'm just like this is fun, and then I thought about it, and I'm like. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna die sometime. It could just happen whenever. You get yeah. a brain aneurysm, and have no fucking clue, and your brain explodes, and you just fucking die. I'd like it. I'd like it to be like that. You know, I don't want to like die in a car accident because some drunk black just like rams me over, uh, of which there are many in this in this city. Like it's retarded. That red lights don't mean anything in Cincinnati, Ohio, but you know, you just that's a thing. Like, the fact that, like, seven-year-olds get cancer, Nick, is, like, the cruelest thing in the world. No. Like, that's that's insane to me. But apparently you're not supposed to uh, obsess over it. Uh, But, you know, I I, I even tried looking to astrology for it, and apparently they were like, you're a Virgo, which means you just, uh, you hate astrology and you obsess over uh, everything and and then you'll die. And I'm like, Mm. oh, that's... Still don't believe in astrology. Yeah, I uh, I don't know how people are not more concerned about it. Like I get generally, you know, you gotta live your life, and every more or less everybody to an extent kind of uh, doesn't think about it because you can't. But uh, but I I talk to some people, and it's they there's just like no deeper uh, introspection on that topic. You know, you know what I mean by that? Like like we all to an extent have to push that down so you can go to work or whatever. It but consumes me every fucking day, dude. Like, I'm just stunned. But the, yeah, and, and I'm stunned that some people, it's just, they don't even <laughs> consider it. You know, but la, 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 you know, today I'm going to, today I'm going to get new nail polish or, you know, today I'm going to, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to play baseball today. And there's just no concern for that. I, don't, be, I, mean, I guess it's better to live like that. Yeah. I was going to say, you have to be envious. Yeah. I mean, it, it do you ever think about how you interact with people? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, all, like, all the time. I'm just like, oh, I was probably a dick to that guy. <laughs> and, and, like, they – I mean, not people on the internet. Fuck you. I'm, like, mean to all you guys on the internet because it's just fun. You're not you're not real people and, like, you know, you have to actually get out of the house and, like, you know, like, be people towards people. But, you know, like coworkers and stuff, I'm, uh, a big thing that I realized was like when I, a year ago uh, or so, uh, when I started uh, the job that I have right now, when I first moved to Cincinnati, there was this guy that, it was a really cool guy. He was a great guy. Um, 
uh, I guess I can't give up his name, but he was an older black fella. And he like, you know, listens to Limbaugh and like all that stuff. I know that because I went on a look right along with him. Uh, and I got out of the car and both of us were, you know, listening to Limbaugh. I could hear both radios. Didn't talk to him about it because I, you know, I can't explain my political opinions to him. Right. Uh, you know, um, but, you know, talented 10th for sure. All that shit. Well, he had like kept texting me about stuff like work related stuff. Well, he didn't do that anymore. I realized he was trying to be my friend and people had tried to be my friend at work like three or four times. And then just, you know, I, I talked about it on the show uh, just like a month ago. Probably I realized like, holy fuck, that's why they were trying to do that. They were trying to be my friend, like some mm-hmm. other guy I work with who started around the same time. Uh, had a family member die, and people actually went to the funeral. Like they're they're they 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 are like friends. Apparently, I am completely shut out of whatever weird drinking group they have. I had no fucking idea that this was going on because I figured on a sales team that's basically the same as you know we're as much a team as uh, like people staying in the same hotel, right? <laughs> right. So right. Uh, you know, but apparently, like there's a there's a whole thing there. So that got me thinking about like. The way I uh, present myself to people, um, I don't mean to be rude. I know that some of the people don't like me or whatever, but that has that like ripple effect. Um, there's a lot of people out there that think I'm a complete prick, and I don't mean to be at all. And I wonder what that does to uh, their entire day, etc. And then I think I'm going to have to pay for that someday. Like, I, God is going to be like, you know, you were like a total asshole. Like, yeah, you believed in me and stuff. But, like, and you didn't, you know, no cardinal sense or anything like that. But, like, you were a prick, right? And like, <laughs> I, and I'm going to have to answer to that. Like, I didn't even know I was being a prick. You got to repent, big guy. You got to come back to the Catholic Church. See, that's my, that's kind of my, uh, uh, that, that buys me a little peace of mind. Because it's like, at least there's some structure to my spiritual life you know it's not just like out there in the ether like what what's sufficient what's insufficient what is good what isn't that's what i like it's just you know straightforward these are the rules if you don't if you don't even buy the uh of the 10 commandments aren't specific enough here's the catechism there's another 10,000 rules for you who, and uh you know you're good who said the the 10 commandments aren't specific enough i think they're pretty <laughs> i'm saying if you think that's not specific enough that that's what i'm saying it adds structure it adds more structure so even if you're you're like oh i don't know is this bad or that bad uh and you want a little more specificity besides like don't kill don't steal and then it's like bam mm-hmm. here's you know like sexual morality is a good example there's right. nothing in there about sexual morality and you don't know well, what's de- what's degenerated what's debased you know you hear about girls and piss for the first time and you're like oh i don't know you know is that uh is that a a horrible thing or is that just a weird thing and then you go to the catechism and you're like boom there's only one way to do it i'm fine with that game on you know oh because they they say missionary only um i don't think it matters what position but it it has to be vaginal and that's it yeah no that's you shouldn't be uh, ochi men trailing bitches i mean i know that Nick, yeah. do you know? Hold on, Nick. Do you know what the Ochi Men Trail is? No, I don't know what that is. That's when you pee in a girl's butthole and she oh, drinks boy. it out. How, wait, how does she out of her own? Out of a, out, yeah, with a straw. 
Oh no no no! Yeah, that's that's the Ho Chi Minh Trail, bud. That's that's yikes. what it is. That's, it's gonna be a yikes for me, Chief. The no, same it. No, no. I mean, people are into that though. It's it's a nightmare. Uh, we, we've uh, we've hit that mark. Uh, do you have time for one more, or uh, do you gotta go? Because otherwise, one I more this, uh, one more story. This one's a a weird one. It's the blood one. Um. I actually got to head out. I got to get dinner with my family. All right. Uh, I'm going to cover this one on the next time. Because uh, people are... People are... Selling young people's blood and uh, putting it in, into into old people. As we've said that this has ha been happening for the longest time. Uh, yeah, they didn't believe us, but they do now. Yeah, there's a, there's a new startup about that. But that'll be back on Wednesday when Spicky will be back with me. Uh, I do want to thank Mr. Nicholas J. Fuentes uh, for, for, for you know, doing his whole thing over here. Uh, we didn't politic as much as I would have liked to have politicked. I think that was probably my problem. Um, it's been a rough, uh, been a, been a rough weekend of just kind of watching the left freak out. I, I, normally like screaming crying women make me horny and none of these did dude like they really just it made me sad for that party because i want an actual opponent uh and i don't think that party has anything to offer john mcafee says he's making you know a party so like maybe we'll have trump versus mcafee in 2020 that'd be fucking hilarious and that yeah. might and that might decide. I, I mean, I might like have to really think about my vote at that point. Dude, you can't, at least the God Emperor of mankind. I wouldn't vote if Jesus Christ were running against Donald Trump. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd vote for Jesus, but it'd be it would be tough. I would I would second guess. I'd be like, well, uh, well, I guess I have to vote for Jesus, but you know, I, I would have to think about it for a sec. It's, I don't know. I love John McAfee, man. Like he's a madman. I, I actually called him because uh, I forget that I'm not gonna say his name but i forgot his name gave me the dude's number he worked uh with him i called him i was like hey man we come this was 2016 will you come on the podcast uh he didn't even say like how the fuck did you get this number he said yeah for sure <laughs> and then when he didn't i called him again and he goes sorry i had something to do uh i'll be there on the next time and then he was not uh, I still have the I still have the guy's email. Like I I'm sure I could dig up his number. He really is awesome. John McAfee is fucking amazing. He also just like has people tase his personal security detail and is considering flesh wounds from firearms for the next one. He's an insane man. But if John McAfee ran up against John, Donald Trump, I we'd have to you'd have to convince me. You'd have to convince <laughs> me one way or the other. I'm sorry, like uh, McAfee's a beast, but um, all right. So I'll give you the time, plug all the stuff, get to, uh, get all your uh, final words in there. I think everybody knows who you are. Um, you know, you're you're Nicholas J. Fuentes with uh, um, Bly America Burst, um, and uh, you know, my America, <laughs> my but, America worst. <laughs> but you know, Pickleless Jane Frentes with uh, you know, why America thirst? It's you know, it's ETL Jew. <laughs> People call me that. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, it's the show Monday through Friday, seven p.m. Central. America thirst. Well, um, I, I have this one for you because you, you giggled with the last uh, bumper. We'll play uh -huh. this one for you. 
This is Right to Bryden, the number one ADL Honey Pot podcast. <laughs> Don't you mind, I like that's that. I like that. Yeah, that's a good one. That's Erica. That's the girlfriend who did that. Mm, um, oh wow! Yeah, she got the she got the voice there. But um, yeah, no. Uh, thanks everybody for showing up. It has been fun. Uh, thank you, uh, Picklish uh, Jane Frentes, for showing up. Uh, maybe you know, maybe your your career as a pundit will will uh, you know catch off one day maybe you'll get those youtube views you know we're we're averaging around like 130 so i don't know what you're doing but uh you know you might get there get there someday big guy uh i will uh i'll let you go we're gonna go ahead and uh call it and spicky will be back on wednesday so i'm pretty excited about that as well uh have a good one